This is episode seven, the Michael Aided Show. We have a very special guest, the one and only Vince Mirabelli is in the studio in the house tonight. And we're live. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Very good. Thanks, Vince, for being here. Thank you for inviting me. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> this is this is great. I love the setup here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been to radio stations and stuff like you just mentioned this pre-show. I've done a few radio station interviews yeah, yeah. over the years. How's that compared to here? Um, you, I, actually, your technology is just as good as theirs. Yeah. Okay. Let's not let them know that though. No, no, no. But you you could say if it's not as good, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's just as good actually. Okay. Interesting. Do they do the same thing with you when you first get there? Then they just do the checks, and then you're good to go. We oh. do all the mic checks and everything, and see yeah. if everything's good to go. And yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I've never been on the radio. I've no. Never been on the radio. No. Oh, okay. Uh, so quite jealous over here. It's an experience because it's live. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, the last time I was on there, I said a swear word by accident. And, oh, no. uh, yeah, I was live to air. So I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah. So was it a really, really bad one? Um, not really bad. It was, yeah. yeah. It wasn't the F word or nothing. But anyways, whatever. It, the shock of the of everyone, like, oops, sorry. <laughs> I, I was like, I thought there was a five second delay, but there's not. Have you been invited since then again or no? No, I haven't. So <laughs> I wonder if that's the reason. <laughs> that's the reason why. Yeah, it could have happened. Yeah. On this show, you can say anything if you want to. We are rated explicit. So, and I would welcome you, of course, back as well. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now it's a long weekend, right? Yeah. And and you, I when I hear hit you up on Instagram and said, "Hey, I want you on my show," and you uh, you said, "Yeah," and I sent you the date. I totally n n didn't recognize. Hey, it's a long weekend, and now you're here. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Is that normal for you on the long weekends? Because you mentioned that on you mentioned that you are you're very busy. There's a lot of your time is valuable, right? I work almost, there's no long weekends for me really, because I'm typically working some of it or all of it. So um, this weekend I did work a lot of it, plus I did get to enjoy some time with friends, but I did work, um, you know, I probably put as many hours this weekend that some people put into a week. So. Oh, wow. Okay, so you use all your time. Yeah, long weekends. I mean, you know, I have to work when people aren't working. Yes, That's right, because you are in the real estate business. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's, it's all different hours, nighttime, mm -hmm. you know, mornings, um, whenever, whenever they're available. I see. Is that like, was that always your dream to be selling real estate? Is that something like working with people, finding something that's really special to them? I fell into real estate by accident. Um, I was working for my family doing property management. So I've always okay. had this love of real estate and, and property management and stuff. And then also I used to work for Teleco in town. So I used to sell cell phones and Blackberries and I really liked the interaction with people. Mm -hmm. So it was um, somebody who said to me, you know, Vince, you probably make a really good real estate agent. And uh, I sat back and I thought about it and I said, you know what? It combines real estate, which I liked, but I didn't really like property management and yeah. the sales aspect and put those two together and yes, I fell into it. Actually, I, I, I applied for my real estate license because I didn't get a, I, I applied for a corporate job at T-Baytel uh, okay. and they didn't give me an interview. No, they didn't interview you. They didn't even interview me. So I went and yeah, I, I fell into real estate. <laughs> was, was meant to be. 
Thank God they did that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sometimes life throws a curveball at you and you don't know. You think, it's why, does, why didn't I get this? And then something else opens up and you're just like, oh, I, I, should, I guess I would have never done this otherwise. Maybe. Yeah, you never, you, you never know. I, I remember that weekend going to um, Dr. Funnybone uh, comedy show at the Finlandia. Mm. And uh, I was pretty upset. I was with my friends and I'm like, you know, I really wanted that job and I didn't get it. And then I applied for my real estate license. So everything happens for a reason. When exactly. When you graduated high school, you went to... So I went to <clears throat> York University. I took a year off of school after high school and I went to York University. I applied, I, I went to business school, yes. but I didn't finish it. Okay. So I never finished. I never actually, how come? Yeah. After about a year and a half, I just, I got homesick and okay. uh, I wasn't enjoying school and I wasn't having a good time. And uh, I had applied to Lakehead, Laurentian, York as a mature student. Mm -hmm. um, I took a year off from high school. I got accepted into all of them. I ended up taking Toronto, you know, York, because I thought, oh, I want to go live in Toronto for a bit. And I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. So. Is that because you're born and raised in Thunder Bay? Born and raised in Thunder Bay. And it was, it was a different lifestyle going to that school, 50,000 students. Mm. It was it was half the size of Thunder Bay. <laughs> and uh, it was different. It was different from Lincoln University. And so when I went there, I just felt like I was one of 50,000 people. I was just a number there. Yes. And so it, it was difficult. And there was all these different cultures. It's true. Like when, when you fly to Toronto and you check in here and you say, hi, how are you? And they talk back to you. And then you're down in Toronto and they just like... Carry on, get it done. <laughs> it's just, it's totally different. It's a different lifestyle down there. I go, I open up a door for someone and they give you like a look like you have two heads. <laughs> um, it's a very different, different lifestyle that they lead there. And I think it's just, you know, I, I'm born and bred Thunder Bay and I love visiting Toronto, but living down there was mm -hmm. not my favorite. I was 21 at the time. So I yeah. came back home. So you went all by yourself? I went all by myself. Um, And that was fine living on my own, but it was just, I got homesick. And then I was like, I'm going to come back to Thunder Bay, take a year off and then go back if I want to. Ah, I see. And I never went back. Did you always know what you wanted to do? Like you said, your business. Is this like in high school, you were like, oh, I'm going to be business. When I was in high school, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be. I'll, I was still, I, w I went from being like a really good student to a really bad student in high school. And I don't know what happened in there. It was school too boring, I guess. It was boring and I just, I'd skip out a lot yeah. and uh, I just, yeah, I'd skipped, I skipped a lot of classes and then, you know, I would get in trouble for doing, <laughs> you know, stupid things like parking in the staff parking lot and stuff. So Nice. Nice. That sounds good. <laughs> Did you ever like in Germany, you can, I'm, I'm immigrated in 2006 from Germany over here. Did you ever write your own um, oh, excuse that you couldn't make it to class in, Ger I in Germany once you are 18? You are allowed to write your own um, apology that you missed class. Okay, yeah. No, I mastered the art of my parents' signature Okay, um, throughout high school. So that's how I was getting out of class a lot. <laughs> nice, nice. My parents are, you know, are two old immigrants and they had this very uh, funny way of writing. And so I, I learned to copy it and that's uh, how I would get out of class. Okay, so pretty much just the signature because the other handwriting, you could just get away with it? like. Generic, it's okay. Generic, it's okay. Actually, I use the excuse that I had to write it out for my parents, so they, <laughs> yeah. so they, they always accepted it. Oh, 
was good. Yes. <laughs> the stuff I got away with back then, you'd never get away with now. Yeah. Yeah. So you were, I can see that it was just like you were, you, you were looking for more. I was looking for more. It was, you know, it's funny when I applied for my real estate license, I, I breezed through the courses. Mm. You know, some people tell me that they're difficult, but to me, they were really easy. I didn't even really study. Okay. Is and it all online now? Now it's half online, half in class. Okay. So when I did it 12 years ago, it was half on, same thing, half online, half in class. What does in class mean? You go to the college then? I had, to fly, I had to fly down to Toronto for a few weeks there and do a course there. I had to fly to London, Ontario to take another part of the course there. Oh, wow. I had to pick any city because what happened was there's, there's limited space and there's so many people trying to get their license. So they had Thunder Bay courses barely came up. So mm. my choices were like Huntsville, London, Toronto. So I ended up in London for two weeks. I ended up in Toronto for three weeks. Nice. So you went back to Toronto. Yeah. So I went back to Toronto and, fin <laughs> and finished, uh, but three weeks was the perfect stint, right? So, um, and it, and it was different. It was, uh, yeah. I just breezed through it, but yeah, I, I, my biggest regret was not finishing my, my university. Okay. You still feel like that? I still feel like that. Um, I'm actually applying. I'm going to go back to university next year. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, here in town? No, out of town. Out of town. Okay. Out of town. I'm going to do my, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to apply for a master's of public service. Public service. Ooh, that's nice. That fits right in. Yeah. 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 You all about people. Yes. Yeah. I love people. Is that something in your family, the way you were raised and brought up? Is that the value that, is that in you or was it also in you and within your family? It was an upbringing from my family. Yeah. From both of my parents. Uh, two immigrants that came from Italy in the 19, early 1950s, okay. came here with nothing, yeah. uh, worked to take care of themselves, raised, you know, raised two boys, um, take care of the family around them, take care of friends. Mm -hmm. So I really learned from them. My mom could do what, you know, my mom, she still does it. She writes letters to orphans and sends money to them. Oh, beautiful. So, you know, here's this lady and she writes with her, you know, with her writing and she writes these letters and sends and sends money to all these missionaries. Okay. So a little bit of that was instilled there. And then also from the people I learned around from family, mm. a lot of my friends are older. So I, I learned from a lot of older people, a lot of mentors. Yeah. Why is that giving back is good? Why do you, how do you, why does that, is that like a good thing to do giving back? I think it's important. I think everyone in this world should give back, you know, whether, <clears throat> whether it's time or it's money or it's, it's treasure, it's whatever they can give back their talent. Um, mm. I think everyone should do something. Yeah. What do you, I saw that you did this speech with, um, I just, I'm, I'm sure you did hundreds and hundreds of speeches because we just said, you know, everybody, almost everybody in town. But beside of that, you did one of one of the speeches you did in um, in front of graduates, like ten grade graduates. Oh yeah. So I found that right. I did a little bit research. You are here, so uh, now is that something you enjoy? I I, I enjoy it. Um, I sometimes I get asked to speak in front of you know grade ten students, grade eleven students, college students, mm. university students. Um, Pretty much because my road is different than everyone else's. Everyone's taught to like, you know, go to school and get your degree and, and go and, and I, mine's unorthodox, right? I didn't finish university. I barely got out of high school yeah. and I became successful in real estate, you know, using what I would call street smarts. Okay. 
Um, so when I get asked to do that stuff, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's enjoyable because a lot of those kids that I meet are the same. I see how I was. Yeah. So when I was there at career day to this year at Superior High School and at Westgate, a lot of the kids, when I was listening to them, they were, a lot of them were like me, mm. confused, not knowing what to do. Some of them knew what they wanted to do. Some didn't. I never get that, that people know what they want to do when they're in grade 10. How? How do you know? If, if you want to be a firefighter, sure, okay. Yeah. But I mean, like, how do you know? Even if I look back now and I see younger people and they have to make that choice. And that choice is like the most important choice in your life, really. Like when you get out of school, what are you going to do next? Yeah, these kids, well, <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. Like most of these kids in grade 10 were, were like, oh, I want to be a firefighter. That's great. You know, either their father was a firefighter or somebody was. Um, I didn't know in grade 10 what I wanted to be. Actually, that was scary for me because a lot of my, a lot of the, of my friends knew what they wanted to be. Mm. And there was this thing that like, oh, you needed to know by grade 11, grade 12, what you were going to be. Yeah. Because you have to get that placement and it should be like similar to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I went in, I went in Germany, I went to a Mercedes Benz and I did my placement there three weeks and I worked in the shop and I was like. And like the first day, right? I'm like fresh out of school. I'm totally green behind my ears. Like I'm still in school, but I'm first day on the job, making this placement happy happen. And then I just like I'm done after three four hours because everybody's just stands. I'm not used to this, so I sit down. And then this head mechanic walks by. And he's just giving me shit <laughs> <laughs> because he's like he's talking to my guy who's in charge of me, and this guy tells me, "You all, you cannot sit." <laughs> Yeah, because, but you don't know those things. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It's just like I was so ko, but that's like the real world is right there. And then eventually, I got used to it. And then you you work yourself. Okay, you get stronger and you get used to it. But I mean, like I didn't want to do this then for a living because I was like, wow, I don't know. And now looking back, now I think traits would be really really good. Yeah. You know, perspective changes as well. And now that's what the schools are pushing now. They're actually pushing trades and stuff like that, where they weren't before back when I was going to school and when you were going to school, right? So yes. Yeah, in, in Germany, I don't know, I can't speak about Canada, but in Germany it was always like trades. Yeah, no, no, that's not good. But it's just like, I think it's the opposite, actually. It's opposite. All my friends that are in the trades, plumbers, electricians, carpenters, they all make six figures. Yeah. And back when I was in school, no one talked about trades. Like, oh, you're going to be, you're gonna be, you know, going to be a carpenter. Oh, because everyone's like, oh, you got to go to business school. You got to do this. You got to become a doctor. You gotta... I now it's funny because when I was doing the career day, they actually had setups with boots pushing trade school. Yes, because it's running. People are running out of. There's no not enough people to fill those spots. And there's yeah, there's there's not enough trades. Like try finding a plumber in Thunder Bay or an electrician. Like mm. they're all booked up. And so some of these kids I was talking to it was funny. Some of them were embarrassed to tell me that they were going into the trades. And I'm like, you got nothing to be embarrassed about. And I told them, I mm. said, hey, some of my best friends that are successful are trades. They're plumbers or electricians or all that. But some of those kids, it was funny. They were embarrassed to tell me that. Yeah. Because it's instilled in their mind that, you know, success is a university degree and business and this and mm-hmm. that. But my, my trades friends make more money than my friends that have MBAs. Yeah. No, it's true. And sometimes you forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you went, you got your, how old were you when you got your real estate um, license? I was 27. 27. So you did 21 to 27, a little bit here and there. 
Yeah, I worked. Like I said, I did property management. I worked for my cousins. I I did. I, I managed like Victoriaville Mall when we took over the contract. I did Very nice that kind of stuff. Lots um, of experience you can use later on. Yeah, stuff that I could use later on. And like I said, it wasn't enjoyable. I, I worked at Teleco for a while. That was a fun gig in between. Mm. How many Blackberries did you have? <laughs> I was I was there just when Blackberries were starting to sell. And it was a big deal if you sold a Blackberry. So <laughs> I think I sold five in one month and that was a big deal. Now big they probably deal. sell five in a day. You yeah. know, one salesperson. Okay. But back then, um, it was right at the beginning of Blackberry. This is 2004. Mm-hmm. So not too many people were on Blackberries. And it was back to like the original one. So Yes. Yeah. But it was fun. It taught me a lot about sales and talking to people. And I think when you mesh those two together... Real estate was a natural, but mm. I, I almost quit real estate. The first six months were not good. How come? Is it because it's new or is it because people like to stick with the same guy? Is it? It was a mixture. I was 27. I was young. The average agent was 54 in Thunder Bay. Mm. So I was half that age. Okay. Um, I was taught, you know, in the beginning, oh, buy this ad, buy this ad, and people will come to you. And then I realized that people don't come to you from ads. You yeah. actually have to go out and get it. Okay. What do you mean by that? Go out and get it. You have to go out and get the business. Okay. You can run all these ads everywhere, half a page here, half a page there. People don't call based on ads. People gravitate to people. Okay. Uh, okay. So this is the connection. So that's the connection part where, you know, when I started, it was like, all these advertisers were calling me and they're like, Oh, you need to buy here and buy there. So I, I I remember my first check, it all went to advertising. I had nothing left. Mm, That's crazy. And I sold, I started on a Monday. I sold my first house on a Friday to a cousin of mine. Nice. And I felt like, wow. And then I didn't sell a house for five months after that. Okay. So my first six months I sold two houses and I almost quit. Yes. Because for anybody who doesn't know if you would be paid by selling a house, is that correct? We only get paid by selling a house. There's no salary. There's no nothing. Yeah. It's every year as good as your last deal. Yes. Is there a lot of people that go with you and then sometimes they just switch? Or is it is this, is this, is this, is this a, an honor system when you get a real estate agent? Do you sign a paper? I, I work on the honor system. So I don't sign agreements with my clients when I'm house shopping with them. Okay. And I, I maybe get burned a couple times a year. But I think if you provide good service, then you don't really get burned. Yes. So um, a lot of agents make their clients sign these agreements ahead of time. Mm. I never have in 12 years. Wow, I like that. I, I just run on the honor system. So for me, it's like, I'm I'm loyal to you. You're loyal to me. I'm going to find you a house. And that's it. And then I get paid once that I find that house for that person. The seller pays the, the commission. Yeah. So um, that's how I run. Yeah. But I've never, like I said, I probably get burnt a couple times a year. You're always going to have that mm. from somebody. They find a private sale, this or that. It happens. It's just interesting to know if it's common or if there's a lot of people who who, who honor the, um, the almost the friendship, right? It's almost like a friendship. Whenever you're working with a realtor, it, it, it is. It's like a friendship. It's a relationship. It might. It's it's a short term relationship because now you're dealing with that person, whether it's a month or two months to find them a house, a year. Yeah. Who knows? What's the longest you ever searched for a house? Or, <laughs> um, I typically don't go longer than a few months because I, I value like my work on finding them something. Mm. 
Um, I do have clients that are, you know, nonchalant and looking off and on for a couple of years. That'd be the longest, but you know, maybe a house here and then in three months, another house and then another house. If I have a client and they say to me, Vince, we're ready to buy now. Typically I like to find something in a month or less. Mm. And that's possible. And that's very possible. I've, I've done in a day. Wow. Okay. I picked up, I picked, I've picked up clients and they said, this is what we're looking for. We haven't been able to find it for a year. Took them house hunting the first time, showed them five houses. They bought the first one I showed them. Wow. Is that because you can feel what the people want when they explain it to you? I always meet with my clients in person instead of phone and email. I like to meet with them because then you get to see their body language. You get to see their, you know, look into their eyes whenever they say, I want, this is what I want. This is what I not want. The human body really tells you what, what somebody wants Yeah, over just an email. hundred percent. Right. So I always tell my clients, I'm like, great. Our first meeting, I still, I would like to meet with you guys. And then that way I can see what they're passionate about. And especially if it's a couple, you can see the energy that bounces off of each other. Yes. I want a big backyard. No, I want this. You know, then, then you know what they want. It's my garage. Yeah. I want the, the guy, the guy wants the garage. She wants the nice flower bed. You know, like it's. Yeah. No, that's cool. I like that because you find places people spend their lives. Right. And sometimes they. They, they, there's a new family that goes there and there's other life events that's happening. You're really creating, you're buying something for someone's lifestyle for the next five, 10, 20 years. Mm. Uh, the average person in Canada spends seven years in a house. Seven years, eh? Is the average. Okay. Is that applicable to you too? Uh, in the last 12 years, I've moved four times, yeah. Four times? Condo house, built a house, renovated a house, um, before yeah. I finally found what I wanted. Yes. Sometimes it takes time, right? People don't realize that it does take time. And now from my experience, I know that, you know, from from what 27-year-old Vince wants to 40-year-old Vince wants, it's two different. It's way different. Plus, you get all that experience too. Like if you build, and then I think the first build might be a really, really good but you do something, and especially you too, because you see all the houses on the market, right? You see when there's a really good design where the room is actually bigger, otherwise it would be smaller. So you can you can include that when you do something. Yeah, when I built my house, I knew I would always hear what people said. I don't like this. I don't like that. 80% of the time, women control the house market when oh. it comes to a couple. Oh, okay. The women get what they want. And usually the guys are open about it. Hey, like, you know, it's whatever she wants, happy wife, happy life. So over the years, I've heard what people wanted, men, women. So when I built my house, I made no mistakes. I did everything because I heard it was always in my head. Mm. So I was showing this client houses, showed her 12 houses from other builders. And then uh, she wasn't liking everything. I said, well, I'm going to be selling my house in a couple of months. I said, why don't I take you by there? She goes, I'll buy it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I had to get Tomorrow. out of my <laughs> so I had to get out of my house. Um, but she, you know, she appreciated that. She went in and, and she knew there wasn't any errors in my house because mm. I had um, always heard, you know, yeah. woman wanted double sinks in the ensuite. They want this. They wanted laundry on each level. So I incorporated that into my house. Yes, that's really smart. So you almost built something you liked, but it wasn't. Was it your style still? I built something I liked, but I always had those those things in there that, you know, not everyone thinks ah, about. Because okay. everyone always builds for themselves. They never think about resale down the road. And yeah. you should always think about that because life changes. 
That's right. So quick. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Could be job relocation, could yeah. be whatever. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And then you built again? And then I renovated a house and I didn't like the neighborhood. So I stayed there for a while. And then now I, I bought a house out in the country uh, on eight acres. One, how many acres? Eight. Eight? Very nice. Yeah, my, yeah. Old, my old property was on seven acres out on uh, out Dog Lake Roadside by the lake close by. Yeah. That's, that's that more information I won't give away. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a good, decent size. It's nice. It gives you enough privacy. Yeah, it gives you privacy from people. And, uh, I mean, not you know, people want to live in the city. I, I enjoy living in the city, too, but I wanted some space mm. when I go home. How come? I deal with people all day. Yeah. So. Is it the quietness? Like when you can settle down and you're done with your day? Maybe. Is your phone always on? My phone's always going off. Yeah. So if the client calls you at 2 a.m., you're going to answer? <laughs> There's times I've answered, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I've learned to shut off my phone at, uh, okay. a, at a certain time, put yeah. the silencer on. Yeah. How much do you sleep? Uh, five hours a night. Five hours a night? Usually between two and seven. Two and seven. You feel it or it's okay? Uh, sometimes I feel it. Depends on the workload. Um, I get up. I get up early at seven, but I go to bed at two because I find that between ten p.m. and two a.m., mm. no one's bothering me. It's so your I, time. I can get more stuff done. Yeah. What so a lot of my emails go out to people at one in the morning. Ah, okay. Do you delay them to the morning or do you send them right away? No, I send them right away. So <laughs> like, here, I get you back. Yeah. <laughs> and then I usually get these weird. Don't you ever sleep? I'm like, yeah. I don't even know how to put it on a delay. I worry about the delay that it's not going to actually send out. Very smart. I know, right? That's what I worry about. I'm not. I'm. I'm I'm not that super tech savvy, so yeah. Plus, it's an email, right? It's I mean, it's not a phone call. It doesn't really matter. If someone's going to judge me at one or two in the morning for sending out an email, no one says, "Oh my god!" Everyone's always like, "What are you doing sending emails at one in the morning?" Mm. Is there a lot of emails you have to do? Like four hours is a long time. Yeah, it's a lot of emails catching up on leads and stuff, and mm. okay, wow. emails are coming in from all over. Yeah, I get that. I guess. Four hours at night, you you work away on emails. Yeah, emails, searching the MLS system. Is it the only reason that it's quieter around that time, or do you feel more? I would almost say creative, right? You are like you go, you go and get this done. I'm an evening creator. Yeah, okay. I'm more creative. I find at nighttime. I'm a night hawk, and the phone being quieter. Mm, always like, been. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I was younger, I was always up late studying till the late hours in the morning. I don't know why. Mm. Studying till eight in the morning? No, no, studying till the late hours of the morning, like <laughs> like two in the morning. Okay. I, I've actually pulled I pulled all nighters in high school. Nice studying, studying through all night. Yeah, that, okay. was, that was my all nighter. Yeah, okay, just like the night before the exam. Yeah, I remember staying up. I started the exam was at nine in the morning. <laughs> so I napped at nighttime and I studied from midnight uh, till eight in the, in the morning. Didn't sleep because then that way everything was fresh in my mind before I went into smart. the exam. It's pretty smart. Like if you can pull this off, it's a good <laughs> system. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. I don't know. I always, I sucked at school because I was really bad in just learning what um, got implemented to repeat. I was all, I didn't go to university. I didn't go to college. When I graduated high school in 2006, and that's when my parents moved over. And then I got here and I just worked part time jobs and then I worked myself up. It's pretty much like the 
the Canadian dream. It's yeah. not the American dream, but it's the Canadian dream where you just like you start somewhere and you just work hard and you um, well, if you have opportunities, you take them. Yeah, you work you work whatever you can to build yourself up, mm-hmm. and that is really the Canadian dream. Yeah, it is. It's like I don't think I could have done that in Germany the same way. In Germany, it was very strict that you have to have a with almost every single job nowadays, you have to have a degree college or university very specific and here at that time it was still it was possible yeah i i mean i got by with my all of my jobs you didn't require a university degree but it was always part-time part-time full-time but then you know of course then i started learning about the education part when i was applying for other jobs like tibetal it was all of a sudden they looked at university degrees and Mm so um i was like okay so i either go back to school and get a degree or i create my own destiny yeah and that was that that's that done history history again (laughs) and you just and you just do it so yes and you kind of have to do it too right because now it's all on you it's 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 a scary process every day i wake up i have no paycheck i don't have a salary so like i said my i'm as good as my last deal it's scary right when covid hit in march yeah and everyone's like oh the real estate market's gonna collapse well yeah, that was that was scary for a while yeah. because it was like, well, I could have no income this year. I could have my income could really go down. No, yeah, you knew nothing. We didn't know what was going on. No. So I was fortunate enough that I had listings that were still selling during COVID, okay. and then all of a sudden, May first, the real estate market exploded. Yeah. And May- now, no one could have predicted that. Okay. So pretty much for Thunder Bay, if you want to go into this, is there like mid March? It's just died. Or did it just like people stop buying? Did it crash? The four busiest months in real estate are always March, April, May, June. Okay. And that's across the board, any city. Um, so our market was starting to pick up and then COVID hit March 13th mm. and then it completely dropped off. Yeah. Stuff was still selling, but you know, we were told not to have face-to-face interactions with clients. We now have to wear masks when we're showing houses, disinfectant, gloves, all that stuff. Mm. So it really put a damper on stuff. And I mean... There was fear too. I, I was scared too because you don't know what you're doing. So I really, I put all my clients in essential and non-essential. I said to my clients, if you don't have to buy, let's wait. Mm-hmm. If you have to buy because we sold your house in February and now you're going to be homeless, let's go buy. But we're going to take these precautions. Yeah. Price-wise, was it more flexible or was it like pricing going up, pricing going down? There was a period during that when COVID started where you can get a deal because people were getting scared like, oh, my house is not going to be worth as much. So people were taking less offers. And then all of a sudden in May, we went to multiple offers. Yeah, I heard it's pretty hot right now, eh? It's extremely hot right now. Yeah. And no one could have predicted that. That's crazy. It's almost like, how come is that? Is that because people didn't go and buy in the first March and April? I think it's because people that normally were going to buy in March and April didn't. So Mm. there was a backlog. Interest rates dropped. They did. I have people getting mortgages at 2.1, 2.2% on a five-year fixed. That's really Um, good. Lack of inventory because a lot of people weren't selling because of COVID. Mm. And then as many buyers as normal. So you have like a perfect storm of all this stuff happening. Yeah. So are you allowed now to do showings in person again in stage three? Uh, we're doing them in person. I was doing them during COVID in person, but I was really limiting. Instead of 30 showings a week or 40 showings, I was down to five showings. I was trying to do everything um, virtually. Okay. Like Zoom? Zoom. Um, 
we do we use DocuSign for all of our documents. Okay, uh, video, photos. Um, yeah, I was really limiting how mm. we saw the clients. Did you do like those virtual home tours? Virtual home tours. Yeah. How did that feel? Those are all. You know what? I think they're great tools. I think they're tools that they were there before. Now they're being used more, and I think now you're going to see them even more being used. Yeah, I think it's like it's 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 in a way it's weird how this pandemic is changing how we live, but in some way it is also accelerating. I would almost say advancement in certain ways. Yeah. It's interesting. It's changed businesses. We had to stop doing open houses. Yeah. I was never a fan of them anyways, so I didn't do them. Because of time? Um, because of time. I have. I think I have enough of a business that I didn't really need to do them. Mm. A lot of them, you know, sellers think that, you know, open houses sell the house, but the the stats show that it's like 7 to 9% of houses sell through open house. Yeah. I was up that was my next question here. Yeah. Is it a, like, you always have those people that show up here just because, hey, I'm your neighbor and I want to see your house. The neighbors come by, someone's coming by to get ideas for their new house. Um, I, I see it all the time. Yeah. So I was never a fan of doing them. So ARIA, Ontario Real Estate Association, banned them during COVID. Uh, okay. And I was I was happy about that. Let's see, like, yes. I would tell I would tell my sellers there's no use doing them. They're really to promote <clears throat> the agent, and the agent picks up buyers from them. Okay. So if you have a good enough business, mm. then you're not really wanting to pick up more buyers. Yeah. So is that something more you did in the beginning? I did a lot of them in the beginning. Yeah. When you're really hungry and you want to build up your business, mm. then once you get to a certain level, you you think you know. If I think a house warrants one, I'll do it for my client. But yeah, you have that experience that you know what's going to happen in a way. Yeah, doing a doing an open house on a six or seven hundred thousand dollar house, no. <laughs> like so, yes, two three hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah, you might pick up a buyer. Mm -hmm. I've had that happen. Do you think it's a big thing or big deal if there's people that don't want to take pictures of the house in that price range? Like there's houses in the higher up price range and they just show like okay this is the outside shot boom done and they don't show the inside yeah is that a is now elaborate is this because i'm like i'm not the expert but i respect privacy right so if they don't want to show it and it's by appointment only is that is that cool does that work or what would you recommend a house i mean i use professional photography services and whether it's a hundred thousand dollar house or a million dollar house i always use professional photographer but um Some clients want to keep their privacy. So, mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes you'll see a house and it has no photos. Yeah. Because um, they think, like, if someone likes it, they'll come by and take a look. And that's how you warrant if someone's serious, right? Yes. That's why open houses, I mean, anyone can walk through. Mm. But if someone's making a private appointment, three, three quarters of the time they're serious about the house. It's true. I get that. And do you elaborate to the client if that will be a client of yours? Hey, you can do this and that's fine. But maybe in your personal opinion, you you give him a little twist of what you would do? I haven't had, personally myself, I haven't had a client that said to me, I don't want photos. Okay, so it's actually very rare. Yeah, it's actually rare. But okay. I have seen other agents come up with no photos. So yeah. I don't know if it's the client, the agent. I get it, um, though. Like if you have, if you just don't want to do it, why not? If you don't need to, why not? Yeah, <laughs> but to me, I think photos eliminate a lot of people, too. Okay. As many people as they bring into the door, they're going to eliminate the people that are going to come there and all of a sudden not like the basement. Ah, I like that perspective. 
So that's to me, that's like, that's like ads in real estate. I always laugh in print. You know, there's real estate agents that don't publish addresses on their, on their ads. Yes. I hate that. I hate that too. So, (laughs) so I always from day one would put the addresses and, uh, I, I would always ask agents, like, why don't you put the address on there? Well, then you get more phone calls. Yeah, but why do I want more phone calls? Like, mm. you call and you see this house and you're like, oh, where's this house? Oh, it's in Fort William. Oh, damn, I wanted Port Arthur. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's a, a call. Yes. My first house, I bought, it was a fixer-upper. And it was only location for me. Location, that's it. We actually put an offer in before we saw it in person. <laughs> because it was just we wanted this location right and it didn't matter to us and we just we've been looking for two or three months and it was just like the market that was back in 2012 so it was it was pretty hot maybe 2012 2013 were hot markets yeah so we got we got it we put the offer in we see it and it's like ah, yeah we can do this we can fix this up and then we got it it was a lot of work but it was for us, the outside, the windows and the roof was perfect. But inside, we got it to the bones. And we did this all ourselves. So it was good. And we didn't have kids. Yeah, which <laughs> makes it a lot easier. <laughs> but it was a lot of time and I learned a lot. And, you know, honestly, there were some tears too. Because when you just say, yeah, I can do this, you don't realize how much work it actually is. It's a, it's a lot of work. Yeah. People don't realize how much work it is. It is a lot of work. And... You, you live in it, too, if you can't, like, have another house next to it. Some people put a trailer next to it or whatever, but we were living in it. And turn all the commotion. Yeah. It's, it's good, but it's, like, I think it was good for our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually seen marriages fall apart because of it, so that's good that yours was good for your marriage. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, so, they're, yeah, when people renovate houses, HDTV, I think, really ruined a lot of people. Yeah, because they think it's possible so easy, right? Oh, uh, now it's, yeah. They watch a half-hour show and they, mm. I, I get it all the time, the comments from people. They think it's so easy now. Do you, okay, is there more houses in Thunder Bay that are up to snuff? Or is there more houses that are old and destroyed? Um, I think there's a lot of older homes in Thunder Bay, not destroyed. But I find in Thunder Bay, people don't renovate um, as much as other cities. Mm. And it's a lot of it's because of our culture, right? So I, I still go into a lot of homes that have like the wood paneling from the 1970s in the basement. Yes. And this, this special carpet, what is that? You actually, you can, you have a rake and you the, rake it. <laughs> the shag carpet. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and a lot of it's because of that culture. You know, when I look at like my parents, my parents are old school Italian and, and theirs is, you know, you don't fix it unless it's broken. Uh, right. Okay. So they would have something for 20 years, even though it goes out of style. Mm. And same thing with fins and all that, all those cultures. It could also be priority, right? Because and it's priority. They had kids, right? Take care of the kids first and then you can still fix it up later. Yeah, we're in a generation now where everyone wants everything now. I mm. want the latest flooring now. I want the latest kitchen now. But back then, my parents, it was like, I'd rather give my kids a better um, life than yeah. to have a better, a nicer floor or, or a trendy floor. Yeah. So that's that's how, their, that's how their lifestyle is. So a lot of the homes in Thunder Bay, not that they're really old, they just, a lot of them need modification. They need to be updated. Mm. And there's a lot of brand new homes. There's a lot of stunning homes in Thunder Bay. There's a lot of money that goes around here. Yeah. How 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 come is how is that? 
Is it like the industries that are around, like with the hospital and the mining? Mining, the hospital, um, the lower cost of living here. Mm, very true. Yeah. Yeah. Like here, you know, you can you can build a stunning house for seven hundred thousand that would cost you three million in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's there's a money, there's money that flows here. Mm-hmm. And just just going backwards, just maybe ten years, it was even cheaper. It was even cheaper. The, the housing market's doubled in the last 10, 12 years. When I started 12 years ago, 13 years ago, the um, average was 120 oh, wow. for a house, 130 Wow. You know, that was your 40-year-old Northwood three-bedroom bungalow. That's great. Now it's 275 mm. What's the house that most people for rooms and setup? kind of want like in the market is it like a four bedroom house with two bathrooms is this like what is like the the area where most of the percentage people want to buy a house mm, i would say your average right now is a house between two to three hundred thousand is what people are looking for mm-hmm. three bedroom starter home northwood grandview those areas yeah um and probably i think the hottest area in town is north Meriday park Where's that? Where's that? Meriday Park. Okay. Which is between um, Oliver and Red River Road. Or sorry, not Oliver. Uh, John Street and Red River Road. Yeah. You Summit, can, Winnipeg. I know. It's so crazy that you can get this remote living so close to the city. Yeah. I, I have never seen it anywhere else, really. It's, you know, character home area. And the homes there range from like a little small wartime home that used to be 200,000 up to, you know, there's there's some eight seventy hundred thousand dollars homes there. Yeah, some castles out there. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's a great area. It's got mature trees and pe- people love it. It's near Hillcrest Park. And, and yeah. uh, there's another area on the Fort William side, the Vickers Park area, which is the same as... I know. I drove there the other day and it's new paved road. Yes. I went down there, and I, you know what? I, I haven't been there much before, but I'm driving. Lisa's sitting right next to me, and then I'm just like, ooh, this feels different. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you can feel it. It's like, this area is nice. What's happening here? Yeah, new roads. And it's funny how new roads really changes the neighborhood, but that neighborhood has big ho- big homes as well, character ones. Yeah, so that, that was always the, you know, Vickers Park and Meriday Park are both similar okay. because back then it was Fort William Port Arthur. So, mm, okay. Uh, and then there's all the new housing developments that people gravitate to. So. Yes. They're always building. Always building. Mm. But we're not building anywhere near what we used to build. Okay. Early 90s, we were building 400 homes a year. Oh. Now we're at hovering around 100, actually, in the last couple of years. Okay. Seven years ago, we were at the 200, 250 mark. Okay. Where do you get those numbers from? Is this- those are all stats that the city, um, based on building permits issued. Uh, okay. So you can just look it up. Yeah. So the city publishes every um, every quarter. The city will publish. This is how many. Um, mm. This is how many permits we've gi- given out. This is up from last year, down from last year. Yeah. Does the permit mean also that the house is actually built, or does it sometimes not get pushed? Not further? not built yet, but the, that they've actually issued the permit during that period. Okay. Because then it gets updated once the house is done. You, once the house is done, yeah. Yeah. Because there's a final inspection. There's a final a final inspection and a final occupancy permit. Yeah. Okay. There's two. Nice. I like that they do that. I used to in Goreham, it's still unorganized. And sometimes there's hot places that uh, you, I even see that they might be not the safest. 
we're we're fortunate here that they're on they're on the ball and and we don't have that. They're, the bigger city is like Toronto where they're building thousands and thousands and thousands. I think a lot of things slip. Mm. You have companies building ten thousand homes. They're slapping them up in a month. Okay, and they're garbage. Yeah. We're fortunate here in Thunder Bay that we don't you know we don't have that volume. We have great builders and everyone takes their time. Okay. Time, time again. So you have this saying in your social media that you sometimes post things where work hard you know be also humble and then also giving back yes so i really i really like that but the work hard is that like you would say you sleep five hours a day do you work out at all <laughs> I was working out and then I, and then I stopped and I, I got to start getting back to work after COVID hit. I stopped working out. I got to get back to it. I, yeah. I bounce up and down 20 pounds like that. Okay. Because Damien, you know, you're wearing his shirt today. Yeah. I love it. Terry, yeah. Terry turn around. He's been pretty active working out before he pulled his biceps. Yes. Is that you guys are pretty close? I assume we're pretty close. Yeah. He's my, he's my uh, photographer that I use for all my real estate stuff. Ah, okay. Perfect. But you are also very much into taking pictures as well, right? Uh, yeah, my own on my phone on my ca- on my camera. Uh, yeah, what kind of camera do you use? Oh, just my phone. To phone? Okay. Wow. Yeah, just my just my old okay. iPhone six from five years ago. What? Yeah. Yeah. On your Instagram feed, that's like those what? are all my photos. Like Slate River. This is from iPhone. Yeah, those are all iPhone photos. That's amazing. I post these photos and people are like, "What camera are you using?" I'm like, "That's my <laughs> iPhone." And they're like, "Oh, do you have an 11? I'm like. I have an 11 in a box that I haven't opened for three months. I'm still using my six. I got it in November 2015. Wow. So I, I, yeah, I love taking photos of sunrises, sunsets, and anything that looks pretty. Like mm. Wildlife? Wildlife, sometimes if I come across, yeah, like yeah. if a deer is running across my lawn. Mm-hmm. I like that. So did Damien say, hey, you got to go back to the gym now? Yes, he tells me all the time, yeah. <laughs> He's getting back to the gym, so he, well, not after, well, then he ripped his he, tendon. He but. showed some pictures where he's just like work, one work, one arm workout. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. I'll send you some pictures after showing him of one arm workout with a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because he did the whole burger thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so you stress, like, how do you cope with stress? Is it mentally for you? Like, for me, working out, staying active is I cope with stress. That's just how I work. Like, I get stressed out. I'm human. Maybe you don't get stressed out. You're human too, but who knows, right? But do you, how do you cope with it if you have? I, uh, I have a lot of stress in my life. So um, depending on what days you see me, um, some people wonder how I keep it together because I don't let them see stress. Okay. And then there's people within my inner circle that see the stress. Yes. And um, so, I mean, my job is a roller coaster. And mm. so, you know, there's all these emotions and, and things that you're dealing with. And the thing about me is I take on my clients' emotions. So I'm, I've never been good at just like sweeping things to the side. Okay. So if my client's upset, I get upset. If my client's anxious, I'm anxious. Mm. So my client's happy, I become happy. So I take on those emotions. So I think that's the bad part about me is I... I I get involved that way with my clients. So yeah. their stress becomes my stress. It's a good and bad, maybe. 
It's good because it shows you care about people. And I think everyone needs someone like that in their life to help them out, especially during the real estate transaction. But then it's not good physically on me because uh, then I'm, I'm burying it. Right. Yeah. If it's too strong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've come across all situations, a client that's going to lose a house to the bank and I have 30 days to sell it. Yeah. A client, clients that are getting divorced and, uh, and then I have to, you know, sort of be a counselor in between them. Mm -hmm. Um, First time couple, you know, writing offers and anxious because this is now their third offer that they want to get a house and they keep losing out. Yes. So there's all these emotions that you're, yeah. that you're taking on. Yeah, it's a big one. But I want to highlight though that because you do, I would almost say, I would almost say it's a gift really because you feel the emotions. You also get that happiness back from them, right? When it's when on the other side where when things are like you engage with somebody and it's a really good conversation or you 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 made this happen and they're happy and if you feel that and you take it in and you absorb it you're going to be good too yeah uh totally i a lot of you know last week I, i did a couple of deals where the clients were super happy and their happiness transcended onto me um you know and everyone was all you know wanting well wanting a hug can't hug anymore but mm-hmm Wanting to hug because, you know, we put together a deal and they're happy. And so, you know, and not every week is like that, but last week was a good week. And then good. next week might be a bad week. But yes. <laughs> but last week I had some happy clients and then and, and it all came together. Mm-hmm. And then so like the stress when I, I read a lot of books, that's how I take care of my stress. Or I go pick up a coffee, mm-hmm. drive to Hillcrest Park, just check out the view, yeah. maybe snap a photo. Um, try and have dinner with friends. I had dinner with friends last night just yeah. to get away at the lake. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking because you, you, you like people, friends and family, that engagement really would help, right? Yeah, totally. Like last night it was really, you know, it was really de-stressing. So nice. And, um, you, do you, you said you don't like beer. No. <laughs> Not because I don't like beer. I'm I'm, I'm allergic. I'm I'm not supposed to be having wheat. So uh, okay. So what I find when I have beer, I, I I balloon up. Okay. That's why. Actually, otherwise I. Whoa! See, there goes my question: pizza or pasta? I, I like both. I actually eat it. Like okay. okay. Um, and then I suffer. Yeah. Uh, but I find beer, the yeast in the beer, really makes me sick. So yeah. I have pills that I take before I eat pizza or, or pasta or whatever. I try to use like rice pasta. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. I won't eat pizza at lunch, but I'll go eat it at nighttime before I go to bed. Pizza? Yeah, for sure. Like eight o'clock. It's the best time. Yeah. You don't go to bed at eight though. So no. you got six hours. <laughs> <laughs> I got six hours to digest it. <laughs> well, it'd be bad if you had pizza and then went to bed. But yeah, there's about six hours in there to digest that it's pizza. Perfect. You could almost eat another pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like how you cope with the stress. I wanted just to know... Because it's always fascinating how people deal with it differently. I yeah, and then if if all else fails, I have a bottle of Ativan, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I carry that around too as well. Avalan, what is that? Ativan. Ativan. That's like Italian liquor. No, Ativan is a, a pill for <laughs> for panic attacks. <laughs> it sounds like okay. it sounds like Aperol maybe, which yeah, is an yeah, Italian yeah. liquor. It's like we talked about beers. This must be it. Yeah, no, I carry around. I have a bottle of Ativan that uh, <laughs> that I have just in case. I I actually sometimes suffer from panic attacks. So okay, if I ever get a really bad panic attack, I take Ativan. Okay, that's good to have. Yes, in my backpack I have this. Um, it's a Hemis. No, it's when you get a bite and you have a. A reaction to it. Like EpiPen. No, not in the EpiPen, not that way, but it's just the pill. 
Oh, yeah. Because otherwise it just would swallow more and more. Thank God I don't have to have a happy pan, but it's just like I have them always with me because I just get bubbles everywhere. Yeah. Did Damien take you waterfall hunting? Uh, no, he hasn't taken me yet. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. He never calls me, probably because he knows, depending on the track, I'm not going to make it to the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just too busy, maybe. <laughs> Him okay. and I did the Dorian Tower. You went up there? I went. I didn't make it all the way to the top. Okay. I made it halfway and I... I don't know if I could make it up there. It's pretty... I think you could do it. I couldn't. I mean, just like maybe physically, Yeah. but mentally... It's pretty, like, it doesn't look so stable anymore. No, it doesn't look stable. I'm I'm surprised I wanted to do it, but it was something on my bucket list. When did you do it? I went last July. Last July? Okay, that's a good time. Yeah, I'd, uh, I just finished Camp Quality my last year, 12 years, and uh, I took me and, and my camper. We, we went up there as his graduation gift. Nice. He went up, made it to the top. I didn't. Yeah, that's fine. I think it's I think it's sometimes it's good to draw a line. Yeah. Where you say, Okay, this is what I did and I'm that's I'm good with that. Yeah, so I have this great photo that shows me going up. And so I I haven't posted it yet, but I was gonna post it one day. Because yeah. I wanted to post it and to give people perspective about um social media. So yeah. I wanted to post it and have everyone go, Wow, like you did that? And they go, Yeah, I did, but I didn't make it to the top. Yes. But this photo leads you to believe that I did. Yeah. Even though it doesn't show. Even though it doesn't show me going to the top. Uh, okay. And so I wanted to post and be like, yes, I did attempt to do this. And guess what? I didn't make it. Mm. But this social media photo makes it seem like I did. Yes. I like that. Do you find that social media for your real estate is a big thing? Social media is big for real estate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People are constantly posting. Some realtors post a little bit too much. Mm. I don't post nearly as not enough. Okay. And then on the other side, social media, you find the reality sometimes, or maybe the pressure to be somebody like this amazing guy. I think there's a big pressure out there uh, for guys and girls to have this fictitious lifestyle. And that's why everyone posts every interaction they do all day mm. on their social media. Yeah. And that's great. But I think everyone, a lot of people are looking for this validity from people. Validation? Yeah. Yeah. Is that something you were looking for in your early beginning? Never. No way. I'm still not. Anyone who knows, anyone who really knows me knows that I'm like really humble. I don't flaunt my success. I don't. Yeah. Even the stuff I do with charities, I, I on social media, you only see about 20% of what I actually do. Wow. And that's like a big part of your social media. Yeah, and and a lot of the stuff people don't see. The only things that you will see is if someone tags me, you'll never see me post about myself. Okay, um, you'll see other people tag and post me and stuff. So that's the twenty percent you see. Mm. Then there's the eighty percent you don't see, because I feel like I don't want every aspect of my life out there. Okay, for there could be two reasons now, right? It's just sometimes uh, in German there's a saying where they. Um, It says Hochmut kommt vor dem Pfahl, and it means like if you if you are so proud of yourself, you, this comes before you fall. That could be one of them things, right? Or is it just because you you like you have this? I actually identify myself with this. If it's that, I I almost feel like I don't want to always show all the good things I do for other people all the time. That's exactly the way it is. 
Okay. I, I don't want to always be showing that because people are, people are funny, right? They always think, oh, why, you know, it's too good to be true. This person can't be that good. There's got to be an ulterior motive. Maybe they're running for politics. Maybe they're whatever. That I can tell you, that's never going to happen. Mm. Um, okay. I just want to do the things I do because I like doing them. And so, like I said, I, I, a lot of it doesn't make it on social media because I have friends that are posting every hour on there. They're always on there. And I get annoyed by it. I tell them. I make fun of them. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? You don't need to know everything. You know, so I've, I've always been, you know, my, and I've never let success get to my head. Okay. Is, so. that, is that your upbringing again too? Or is it your character? Uh, both. Upbringing and character. Okay. I, you know, came from two immigrants that, you know, worked worked really hard to make a good life for themselves mm. and um flashy's not part of it so yeah I, i can see it you say you have your iphone 6 <laughs> and there it is i have an iphone 6 i'm not the guy who goes to get a brand new one every time um yeah. uh you know last uh last summer it was funny because um i was driving you know my mom's 84 now okay and we're trying to get her not to drive anymore yeah so I was taking her car last year all the time and you know, she's like, what's wrong with your car? I'm like, Oh, it's not working. <laughs> so I would drive her car around all summer just so that she wouldn't drive. because we didn't want her to drive. We're like, I'm like, you know, between me and my brother, we'll, we'll drive you wherever you got to go to the grocery store, or whatever. We're just worried. I just, you know, I would hate to hear of an accident or something happened to my mom. So I was driving her car and it was funny because people would say, Oh, I thought, I thought, successful realtors drove nice cars because <laughs> my mom's got this Hyundai Elantra because okay. again, she doesn't care about cars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's funny to hear that comment. But then before, when I used to have a BMW or a Mercedes, mm. people would go, Oh, look, look at your nice car or whatever. And I used to hate those comments. So then mm. I ended up getting rid of those cars and I went to like an Acura. Okay. And it's funny because Acura is a, you know, it's a nice luxury car too. It's a premium brand, isn't it? It's a premium brand. Yeah. But it's funny, people don't, so they don't put it down into a, like a Hyundai Elantra, but they don't put it up with a BMW or Mercedes. Okay. So it's like middle of the road and nobody would make comments. So it's funny. So I've had both spectrums. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Is it, uh, that's a premium brand of Honda, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because little Joe is driving one too. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. He's driving the A-spec. Yeah, he's driving the A-spec. <laughs> But they're, they're and great that's cars. good for him. You know? Yeah, and those, and those are great cars. So, yeah. Did you see him when he had this little Fiat? The, yes. The he had the little, one? I, at one point, I wanted one of those. Yeah, did he take you for a spin? Yeah, I was in it, yeah. It was, I, I think they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a lot of push in that one. He took me for a little spin. We went to Chapters, had a coffee, and then he just like, hey, check this out. And we go in there and it's just, it's pretty tight, but it's like, it's a typical European little car. It's a very European car. But performance wise, it's not typical. No. <laughs> and it's just like, and he takes me for a spin and it's just like, wow, this is quick. Yeah. There, I, I loved it. I, at one point I wanted the Charlie Sheen commercial came out. Okay. And I wanted one. Yeah, I thought it was so cool. <laughs> I didn't care that it was small and I looked like a clown in it. I was like, I want that car. Yes. And they made a version with an espresso machine Ooh. in the center console. So I just envisioned my clients getting into the passenger seat, pulling out the thing and go like, sign here. By the way, do you want an espresso? <laughs> <laughs> This is golden. Yeah, I was going to get the car wrapped and everything and everyone talked me out of it. They're oh, like, dude. you're going to look like you're too tall for that car. I'm like, oh, whatever. Mm. Do you... When people, 
when you share an idea with people and sometimes people put it down do you usually go with what people tell you or do you build your own opinions about things do you find that you used to listen more to things and now you're doing your own it's funny my whole life has always been uh, anytime i have an idea that's not going to work that's not going to fly so i I'd say I don't listen to as many people as I used to. Okay. Because I find that people just, um, depending on who they are, some people are just negative. They always throw down your idea. Yes. But um, some people just are jealous and they're yeah. just like, whatever you do is not good enough or they just would put you down anyways. When I wanted to get into real estate, people were trying to talk me out of it. Mm. Other realtors in the business. Oh, you don't want to get into this. My brother. Okay. My brother was like. No, not a good idea. It's not a steady paycheck. You should go get a government job with a pension. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he told my parents that so that my parents didn't want me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, just, just let me try it. And that's it. And let's see, let's see how it goes. Because yeah. I worked, I worked for the casino before. That was a government job. I could have worked, uh, I could have worked my way up to general manager. And yes, I worked at, I worked at a couple of banks. I could have worked my way up there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I had opportunities to do that stuff. It just wasn't me. So Yeah. Is it also because of freedom and choices? Yeah. Freedom and choices. Yeah. Definitely. The flexibility. I can't imagine, I can't imagine going back and working for someone now. Yeah. I, I mean, now I work for my clients. So I have 20 bosses. You know, at any given time, I have 20 to 30 bosses that I work for. Yes. But it's different. About that. It's yeah. different. Yes. But it's different. But I don't have anybody saying... You can't take a day off. You can't take a two-hour lunch. You can't go on a trip. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so you can take time off. Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I've always loved about this business is like, oh yeah, you're a realtor. You can pick your own hours and and all this. And I'm like, um, no. Once you get to a certain level of productivity and how much you're putting through, mm. it's very tough to pick that stuff out. Yeah. Do you think eventually it would be like you have to build a team? I'm starting to build a team. Okay. I should have done it a long time ago. Yeah. Um, my nephew's coming on board in the next couple of months. He okay. just finished his last exam. Nice. So he's coming on board. And then I have another gentleman coming on board, a good friend of mine. Um, he's retired um, from his other business. He's going to come on board. He's in the second phase. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start to build a little mini team. Yeah. I think it's a smart move. Like yeah. there comes a time it might like if I would have I, I I know my boundaries maybe. You know what I mean? It's like I know how much I can do. Maybe I can push a little bit, but then sometimes there comes a time where it can be too much. Oh, there's there's times it's it's too much. Springtime definitely there's patches I've hit. I almost had like a mental breakdown two years ago. So um there's times when it can get hard. Because people don't realize, like, I always call it only only client syndrome, but people got to remember that, I, you know, <laughs> I like that. they're not my only client, right? There's it's like they snip the finger and why don't you answer the phone right now? Yeah. And it's, you know, people got to understand, you know, if I call someone or I text someone and I don't hear back for two hours, I, you know, they're busy or whatever, but some people, it's funny. So I always tell people at the end of the year, 95% of my clients love me, 5% mm -hmm. hate me. Yeah. And the 5%, there's nothing you can do. Yes. And you see it in your, in your, I would say career, like how everything is developing, that things are going right. Yeah. Yeah. You see the 
like you said, the advertising uh, doesn't match the how do they say it? the word to mouse or mouse to mouse or like when word of mouth word to mouse when they talk about you. I think that's more powerful than anything, really. I've always believed that you take care of one client and that client tells two people. If you do a bad job for, so they, they, this is the rule they always say. If you do a good job, they'll tell one or two people. If you do a bad job, they'll tell 10 people. Mm. So I always want to tell, I always want to do a good job because they tell one or two more people. So Okay. Yes, I 100% agree. And then it's all word of mouth. And advertising can work too, but not too many people call out of the blue and go, oh, I don't know you from a hole in the ground, but you look good in your ad, so I'm going to hire you. Like, no. <laughs> well, if Damien takes your picture... <laughs> Damien has a way of making people look good, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, I don't know. I think I saw a picture of you somewhere. Um, 20 best under 40 or something. 20 under 40. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were, I think Damien was there too. And you were there. And Damien had this beautiful, was it plated? I don't know, this very mm, sophisticated suit that really stood out. Do you know what I'm, what yeah, I'm talking Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of those. Yeah. Did you feel out of place when he walked into the room? Yeah, of course. He's got like the, <laughs> he, he's the guy that got buys the suit that looks like um, a Christmas gift or yeah. he's got that blue one and he's got a couple others. Yeah. Did you show him your Christmas sweater then? I have my Remax ugly Christmas sweater, which was a hit. Yeah. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, and you have like the arm rings and it says sold. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And then on the bicep, sold. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm sure uh, Damien wants one of those. Just saying. <laughs> um, you do a lot of good stuff around the community. And I know you said you, you do... M like when I checked you your Instagram feed, the for me my personal opinion was like, wow, it's it's, it's there's a lot of things are happening, and I, I really have huge respect for that. Thank you. Now, one of the things I wanted to highlight there, you do, um, you did this Easter seals thing, right? Five years ago, yeah, I got roasted by Easter seals. Yeah, how does that work? <laughs> they pick a they pick a, a person in the community every year. Yeah. Who does picking them? Who picks them? Um, Easter Seals does. So they have a committee. Okay. And uh, they pick somebody in, in the community that they feel is a Thunder Bay celebrity, mm -hmm. quotations. Um, the year that I did it, um, I was the youngest one. So usually they find someone that's in their 50s or 60s, 70s, someone who's really established. Okay. Um, my name floated around and they kept saying he's too young, he's too young. They finally asked me and I said, yeah, I'll do it. Okay. And uh, we did it. Raised $60,000 and. Impressive. I, you know, grabbed a bunch of my friends to roast me. And mm. uh, if, when you meet those kids, you can't say no. A lot of people say no. I'm, I'm, yeah. it's sad when I think about the people that say no. It's like, it's a night. Who cares what people say about you? Mm. Well, some people can't take it. Some people can't take it. I was ready to take whatever shots someone was ready to, and, and some shots did come out. Dave Thomas had some, Johnny DeBaker had some, yeah. they really dug. So what about, uh, Joe Q? Joe Q, uh, Joe Q had the phone call with like an ex-girlfriend and the, the tech, we had the tech issues <laughs> and I could have told Joe that Joe, everything always works in tech in the rehearsal and it doesn't work during the show. <laughs> so Joe was good too. That's funny. Um, they all were good. Danny and Laura were great and yeah, yeah. Chris, um, we had Chris in there too, Ridholm. <laughs> I like that. And I think it's a very important, um, 
not skill, but almost a character asset where you can laugh about yourself, where you, you, you know, you can take jokes and it's okay because it's just okay. I mean, like, and sometimes things just happen and you can laugh about it. Things happen. I, I didn't even flinch when they asked me. I said, yeah, I'll do it. Mm. Um, I knew my age was coming up and, and they were like, oh, he's too young. He's too young. But I think there was enough material. They could have had a second uh, night of the show. Okay. That's how much material was there. How but, long was the show? Uh, one hour long. Okay. Was it recorded? It was recorded, yeah. Uh, so there's a there's a DVD out there somewhere. Where is it? Um, I think I have a copy. I'll bring you one. <laughs> yeah. We were gonna we were gonna upload it and sell it off for the charity and make twenty bucks uh, a show or whatever. Yeah, that's a good. Because there was a lot of people that you know it was one hundred and fifty dollars a ticket, so not everyone could afford to come, and people wanted to hear it. And yep. and I'm not shy. I'll I'll let everyone hear like everything that was in there. Yeah, I've, I was stupid. I did all that stuff. Mm-hmm. None of the stories were like made up. Okay. Wow. <laughs> It's getting more interesting and more interesting. How do you know Dave Thomason? Uh, Dave Thomas. I became good friends with Dave uh, right when he first moved to Thunder Bay. Okay. And he opened up Salt and Pepper. Yeah. I met him at a, I went to, a, there was a YPN event where we were learning to make uh, appetizers. Ah. And I was sitting there making coconut shrimp and Ooh. this guy walks up and I'm Dave Thomas. And I said, I'm Vince. And then we became friends. Yes. Nice. Did you, did you guys drink wine together? Or is he uh, drinking beer? He likes to drink beer, wine, Jack Daniels, anything with booze. Okay. Anything with alcohol content. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. So you like cooking then? Um, I, I like cooking. I, I actually just don't get a chance to do it. Yes. And it's funny because everyone makes fun of me because they think I can't cook. I actually can, mm. but I just haven't had the opportunity to do it because yeah. yeah. I eat on the fly. Yes. Because you just have... You like you get a phone call and you got to be there, right? Yeah, I did a dinner party one night with some friends and I cooked for them for eight people. And I, you know, I, my plan was to spend the whole afternoon cooking. I ended up showing houses. Mm. I ended up running home and slapping everything together in an hour before they got there. Wow! What did you make? I made chicken parm. I made pasta. Nice. I made grilled asparagus. Yeah, sounds decent to me. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you made this? Yeah, I made it. Like, but everyone thinks, oh, he's Italian, he's 40, <laughs> doesn't know how to cook, doesn't know how to do laundry. Did you ever go back to Italy? I was just there last summer. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. I've been there 20 times. 20 times. Wow. When I was a kid, we went every summer. Oh, okay. It was part of my upbringing. I like that. It's a really, you get that connection to where, uh, what did you say, home is? Or- yeah. To me, I, I was born in Thunder Bay. But to me, my, my blood is Italy. Yes. Um, I speak I speak Italian. Yes. My parents spoke Italian in the house. They didn't speak English. Mm. Did, um, can you write it too? Not really. I can make out some of the words, but not full sentences. Okay, so I can more or less understand it, speak it. Yeah. Um, I can write some. But yeah. It wouldn't be perfect. Someone, an Italian would laugh at it. So if you hang out with little Joe or Joe Q, you, you guys speak Italian? We don't speak Italian, but I, he, he understands the same words. We're from roughly the same area of Italy. Okay. So I was, yeah, but I was there last summer. We're from Calabria, so. Okay. Where's that? It's in the south, in the heel part. Very nice. Yeah. I've, I've never been there. We drove over, I think my dad once took me for a drive. We drove over the Alps. And then it's just like, you don't even know when you're in Italy because it's just like, there's nothing really there. It's just the road, and then you're in Italy. Yeah. Italy is beautiful. Mm. 
Did you go to to see the old architecture, the Colosseum ones? Uh, I've been to the, I've been to Rome. I've been to I've been all over. I've been all the way to the south in Sicily last summer. Mm. I went to the north up to Lake Como. That was nice on the Swiss border. Do you see wines that you buy here and then you find them in Italy too? Yes. Okay. I actually try to bring some wine every time I go there, bring mm -hmm. some back. How does that work? Is that like an easy thing? No, you're only allowed a couple of bottles. Mm. So so before you bought the airplane, you just talk to strangers and say, hey, can you <laughs> take those two bottles? <laughs> the last time I knew four people coming back on my flight. <laughs> I'm like, is anyone bringing booze back? No. Okay. So here, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to make what two bottles, two bottles here. Cheese. Okay. You bring in cheese? No. Okay. You bring in cheese too. <laughs> so bring, it's it's really weird how they got these laws. Like you can't bring like two bottles. Yeah, it's not a lot. Especially like, for or, wine. Or like two kilos of cheese. Like, come on. Oh, that's, that's a, that's, I guess. Yeah. I brought Damien back cheese from New Jersey last year. He loves cheese. So I, I bring him cheese back from Italy, Jersey. That's a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, does he like your wine too? Uh, he, I, he, his girlfriend likes wine. Okay. He's not really a drinker. Nice. Well, except for tequila. Ah, yes. Which leads me to, I wanted to bring this up where you spend New Year's, but uh, before I go into that, I still want to touch base on, I can remember I actually was at the Coliseum. Yeah, and I walked into it, and you, you back then. I don't know how it is now, but you, you, because the main floor is now not there anymore. But underneath is everything is was open. Yeah, it was like a maze underneath. Whatever, whatever. Right? I'm probably it's not correct. Whatever, but uh, I remember going there, and it was really impressive. And with you being in real estate and architecture, is that something that also you find yourself really? You identify yourself with ancient architecture? I love ancient architecture. I love anything old. I think I think in my past life I was around in certain eras because I did mm. like past life regression. Okay. It's actually scary the things I learned, but the things that I like, Italian architecture, any old architecture, you know, when I was in Quebec or anything that's old, I love old hotels, that kind of stuff. Um, old character homes. Mm. I really identify with those. So I feel like I, um, you know, I, I have a passion for those. And that's part of the passion of the real estate part, right? Because real estate's really, I really like modern, but to me, old is, is beautiful. I love old 100-year-old character homes. You know, when I'm in Italy, I really appreciate the architecture. I take a lot of photos of architecture. Yeah, I took a photo of a house that was bombed and all there was left was a door frame. And I posted it on my Instagram and everyone loved it. And mm. all it was was a door left from a bombed house. Yeah. I believe that though. It's like the architecture. They had like holy math. The way they did the There was a certain way they would only build. Everything had to be a certain degree. Like it was very specific. Nobody now builds like they used to. You look at the architecture. Mm. Even in town, when you look at some of these old, old buildings, nobody creates that kind of architecture anymore. Yeah. That's why I love Chicago, Art Deco. Uh, Chicago? Chicago's beautiful. Old art, art deco buildings, you know, old Quebec City. Okay. I've never been to Quebec City, nor Chicago. No? No, I heard beautiful things about it. I've seen a picture of Quebec City. Recently, a friend of mine went there, like, last year. And it looks nice. It looks like old school uh, European, pretty much. Old Quebec City could could easily in a movie substitute a, a city in italy a city in france mm. it's got the old cobblestone roads yeah yeah it does okay 
Do you identify yourself with soccer then too? No. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> I'm an Italian that didn't really play any sports. <laughs> I I have friends that wake up at six in the morning to watch a game in Italy, like Juventus. I didn't follow soccer, didn't play soccer. Yeah. I was, my parents were older. So I, you know, my father was 55 when I was born. My mom was 45. Wow. So I wasn't thrown into soccer okay. and hockey. I mm. played no sports. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. I'm weird like that, but. No, I mean, that's the age difference. Yeah, yeah, the big age difference there. So yeah, so I never was into sports. So soccer, no. Like I can't, I can't tell you what place Juventus is in. Yeah. Oh, little Joe, don't listen to this. Joe knows everything. Like yeah, <laughs> like those guys. You know, he know he watches the games. He probably wakes up at two in the morning to watch you know Syria game. No, that's not me. Yeah. No, I like that. <laughs> I used to watch a lot of sports, but then eventually I found that. On the weekend, you wait for the game. It comes. You watch an hour and a half, and then the game is over, and you just the weekend is over. I found that the time that I spend watching it is not worth um, my time. It sounds weird, but it's just like I could do different things with my time. Yeah. So right now, I just look up highlights, and then I'm good. Plus, my team is losing all the time, anyways. <laughs> what team is that? It's uh, this one here, the uh, Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, okay, uh, they they're doing okay, but they had a better. They Klopp. Do you know the coach of Liverpool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's German, and he used to train this team, and then he went over to the uh, other side in England, and he's been really, really successful there. So really good. I like his character, the way he talks to people, yeah, where he builds himself, like. He doesn't take shit at all. He's just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he just talks freely about how he feels. Yeah. I like that. So you've been back many times, 20 times. Do you do you, do you feel like Thunder Bay is the place to be, though, right now? It's good, right? For me, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, my, my mom is still alive and... And while I can't imagine being in another city where she was, you know, where she wasn't there. Mm. Um, my father passed away three years ago. So that was, that was really heartbreaking. But Sorry for now, thank you for, for now it's, um, it's here. I, I, I like it here. I mean, after I, I you never know where life's going to lead you. Mm-hmm. I've had offers to go back to Toronto for work, for real estate, and I've turned them down. And, mm. and I just basically said, you know, now while my mom is around, uh, I'm here. After, when she's not, that might change. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Depends. You never know where life's going to lead you. A lot of people who leave, they, they come back. Thunder Bay has this certain aspect that people miss when they go somewhere else. Yeah. I, I mean, I missed it after a year and a half. I, I came back. So mm. um, you never know where life's going to lead you. I just know it's the lifestyle we have here. Um, you can't really have anywhere else. Yeah. And I think... The biggest thing that annoys me about real about me being in real estate and going to all these real estate conferences is what people say to me when I'm down there. Oh, you're from Thunder Bay? Like, is someone holding a gun to your head to stay there? <laughs> um, oh, are you there by choice? I'm like, what? Mm. Like, it's just it's the the reactions are really weird. Okay. Oh, like why Thunder Bay? I feel like in Toronto. They have this mentality that it's like the center of the universe and nothing else exists and everything's so great. But I'm like, what's so great about being down here? Yeah. Because everything I know is down there. This is what I this is what I can tell. Either my friends can't afford to have the great life that's in Toronto that everyone tells me about, 
or if they can afford it, they're so busy that they can't do it because they're making mm. money. Yeah. I don't find too many people in the middle. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things when I go to Toronto, my friends do beat when I'm there. And they're always like, Vince, we love when you come down because we do stuff that we don't normally do. Uh, go to certain places and do certain things. I can see that. Because they're all, they're all busy. Yeah. So like what, what's so great about having everything if you don't do it? I know. But you don't know those things when you when you think, oh, big city is going to give it to me. When you think I'm going to get to the big city and I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. You know, I think that's life experience where, like for me here, if I look back to Germany, I knew I wouldn't be able to buy a house. Real estate in Germany? Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Or just even just even like owing, owning your own car. Like that was a big one. It's not because the public transport over there is so sophisticated. You don't really need it. And then why? And then it's it's like here you can just do it. You work hard and you you can get things done. Yeah, here you you can build up a really great lifestyle here. Yeah, I have clients that moved from Toronto here, sold their place for over a million dollars. Bought a place here for five six hundred, and they're living like you know king and queen. That's, so that's a good move. You know that's that's a really good move for people. And so now I'm starting to notice that you know more and more people are seeing that lifestyle here. I mean, we get a lot of out of towners. I've had clients from Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, Pittsburgh, New York moved here. Wow, Toronto, um, Kelowna, mm. Vancouver, Quebec, all over. Yeah, and. They either came here because of work or a spouse or whatever, and they they enjoy their lifestyle here. And they said, Vince, like the lifestyle here is way better than yep. than where they are. Gas prices, even you think it's high now, but it's still cheaper than Europe. Yeah, it's still cheaper. Yeah, and <laughs> in Italy, it's two dollars a liter. Yeah, you, yeah. Even though your car is a little bit more efficient, but still. Yeah. So here, it's uh, you know we we have a great lifestyle. People don't get. I just yeah. That's the one thing that annoys me about about Toronto is just. The comments I get from people. Mm. I usually do running jokes with them. Like, yeah, we just got electricity two years ago. Yeah, You know, I, I screw around <laughs> with them. Oh, you know, I just sold an igloo last week or, yeah. or whatever because their perception of Thunder Bay is, is really out of whack. Yeah. We have McDonald's in Germany too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. It's, it's funny. People just, yeah, I just, that's one thing. But I, I think the lifestyle we have here, we're very, very fortunate. So very if I had a choice between here and Toronto, I'd pick here. Eight times out of a 10. But I never say never with Toronto because who knows what 10 years down the road might bring. It's good to leave it open. I've learned that. It's like if you make, if you say something and you engrave it in stone, because things change, just like you said. I like that where you say it's, we see how it goes. Leave it open. Yeah. I love this city. I mean, if I didn't, I wouldn't be here. Exactly. Same here. Same here. Now you did you celebrate some happy New Year's for 2020? 2020, I end <laughs> right. 2020, I ended up with a backup plan for New Year's. I ended up in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, uh, with, with Damien. What was the first plan without Damien? I was. Uh, I just turned 40 in in January. Okay. And so I was going to leave um, right after Christmas and go to Italy for uh, three weeks. Okay. And I was going to spend New Year's there and I was going to spend my 40th birthday there. Nice. And I was going to travel up to the north or whatever. And uh, I, I ended up um, boxing day. Damien and I flew down to Toronto 
I, I flew down okay and I flew back with a migraine and wow. I suffer from migraines and I get them for two or three days. This migraine lasted for 25 straight days. Wow. So I had to cancel Italy. Okay. And so I went to Minneapolis. Nice. It looks like it was a good place. But well, we had a good time, yeah. yeah that's a uh, Psycho Susie's Motor Lounge. <laughs> uh, Dave picked that place out. It's yeah. called Psycho Susie's Motor Lounge. Yeah. Uh, it looks like in there, like a scene out of the Copacabana from the Goodfellas movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I remember just thinking to myself, this place is going to be shit. But you know what? I'm with my good friends. Yeah. So we'll make it fun. I actually enjoyed the venue. Mm -hmm. Did you own those sunglasses before? Uh, no, those aren't my sunglasses. Those are Dave's uh, girlfriend, Susie. <laughs> so what happened was I was in the photo and uh, I had, I was really tired and I had puffy eyes mm. and, um, and my migraine was really bad. And I just remember thinking to myself, I don't want to stay home in Thunder Bay and be more depressed about not being in Italy. That's good. So friends of mine drove me down. I sat in the back while they drove me down and, yeah. and uh, I, I went down. And so I had these puffy eyes and I was just, I looked like, Like shit. And Susie goes, here. And she puts the sunglasses on me. It suits and, you really nice. And then there's the photo and everyone's like, wow, great photo. But they don't know that the, the, <laughs> the glasses are not to look cool. The glasses are to mask how tired I was. Social media eh? <laughs> at this finest. Exactly. And so that photo went around and people were like, oh, yeah, look at you partying it up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, yeah, I, I wasn't drinking. Yeah. And they were all drinking. And uh, yeah, there's and, no red wine on the table. Yeah. And I was just, yeah. It was funny. I have the other photo without the sunglasses and you could see like, oh man, this guy looks like he's going to die. <laughs> Shit. Because I had a migraine there. Da Damien and I on the 26th, we flew down to Toronto and when I landed, I had the worst migraine and it was, it was bad. It was so bad. I just, yeah. Mm. It's just when you're just like, you can't do anything anymore, pretty much. I've, I'm not familiar with this at all. I know people have it. And it sometimes it gets so much that you can't even think anymore. Is that what it is? I couldn't even. I couldn't even think. It was pretty bad. Thank God it happened in January when the real estate market was slow. Because mm. if it was during the spring market, I would be. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's that's how I ended up there. So nice. yeah, I was I was supposed to be in Italy and and then ended up there, and I was happy I was there. You know what? They were they were fun to go out with, and we mm. had a great time. We went to the Leafs game, and yeah, how did that go? The Leafs won. Ooh, so that was good. That was good. Yeah. yeah, and we went down, and uh, yeah, it was fun. But that was, that was a great spot. That's uh, Psycho Susie's. I'd go back again. Yeah, did you pull up on the Harley Davidson? No, no Harley Davidson. We they were staying at a house two blocks from there, so we just walked up there. <laughs> But it was it was a pretty um, it was a different place. <laughs> yeah, I can. I I like the vibe of that picture. I I that picture came out great. I love it. Yeah, who took it? The uh, Susie took the photo. Yeah, Susie did. Okay. It was funny because Psycho Susie and Susie, so. Yeah, so good. But I just remember, like, Dave loves, you know, metal music. Mm. So I was just like, oh, man, I'm not going to have a good time here. This is going to be a horrible place. <laughs> I don't like metal music. And actually, it wasn't metal music, and it was it was great. Yeah. Like, yeah, we had a fun time. Food was good? Food was good. Um, Damien found some pizzas there, and that's not a place where you'd think pizzas were good, but they were good. Nice. I don't know if it was because it was one in the morning, but. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Pizza is always good, I guess. What's, yeah. what's your favorite pizza? Um, I like spicy, so spicy jalapenos. Mm. So probably like a favorite pizza would be, yeah, jalapenos, something like that. Like overkill spicy? Uh, like sweaty spicy? Not, not that you're getting sweaty, but almost there. Okay. 
I remember we uh, in in the city where I grew up in Dortmund, we had. I would say on the every second corner, but it's it's not true. But it feels like that. We had an Italian restaurant which was owned by an Italian family, and they made the most amazing food. And um, I particularly went always to the one where the coach of my team went. And you get a pizza, and if even it's just a margarita, and it's just like four bucks. Yeah, and that's it. And it's just it's a full size pizza. Pizza's cheap in Europe. Yeah, why is that? Why is pizza so expensive here? I I don't understand it. No. Yeah. Because in Italy, it's the same thing. In Italy, you can get like a pizza. It's five euro. Yeah. I'm wondering why. I talked to Lisa about this recently, and I said, "Why is that?" And I couldn't find an answer. Yeah. I was like, maybe Vince knows. I, I wish I knew too. It's always been a mystery to me why pizzas are so cheap there and why they're so expensive here. Mm. You like the thin crust then better than anything? I love thin. I love Napolitan thin crust pizza, wood, nice. wood stone oven. Beautiful. That's my favorite. Nice. And then dry red wine with it. And then a nice uh, little sweet red wine. Okay. With some ice in it. Ah, oh, nice. Okay. The Southern Italian style. Yeah, okay. Why uh, Is that traditionally to, allow me to say, is to water it down? Or is this just like, is that because it's so hot during the day and you drink earlier? Um, I don't know if it's a Southern Italian thing because it's hot, but yeah, they throw ice in there. Nice. In the pitcher. Yeah. It's yeah. like sangria too, right? Sangria. It almost becomes like a sangria, just that it's red wine with ice in it. Yeah. yeah but you don't drink it with a straw. No, definitely no straw. <laughs> <laughs> definitely no straw. Okay, good. You done some archery too? Is that you? Archery? Yeah. <laughs> I think I posted one photo. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You did. Yeah, I did do archery. Yeah, it's like. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on this? Uh, you... A friend of mine works with uh, with a gentleman who who's part of the archery club. Okay. And so one Thursday he goes, "Hey, you want to come shoot with us?" And I said, "Yeah, okay." During lunch hour, I guess they go once a week and they do it to de stress. Yes. So it's, they invited me, and yeah. I started going. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. It was great. For one hour, I didn't look at my phone, put it to the side, and just shot. Yeah, because you have to focus your mind, right? Yes. Did you? What kind of bow did you use? Like, is, did it be, I no idea about. <laughs> is it like some kind of compound bow, or is it just like did an they old gave school? Me, old school. They gave me the bow, the glove, everything. Just showed me how to do it. I don't know anything about the bow or how it shoots or whatever. Um, but it was good. It actually, it's actually a really good sport for the mind. Yeah. Especially for me to not think about something else for an hour and shoot on on a on a target. Nice. Did you? So you don't do that at the moment anymore. After it, COVID, uh, we stopped. Uh, okay. So I think I, I can't wait till we start back up again. Mm. It was fun. We yeah. on Thursdays at lunch. Okay, that's a good time. Yeah, yeah. Go I, by and just do it. So I just yeah. One day I posted it again just to like show people that I'm actually alive. <laughs> what do you mean by that <laughs> uh people like message me like if there's no post on my social media for like a week they'll message oh like, they message you after a week they'll message like oh is everything okay well not not a week sorry a couple of weeks because i don't uh, post every day but yeah. i'll at least post once a week yeah but so you, if they so if they don't see anything for like two three uh, weeks okay that must be the people you like something i like with us for the giant like i do all the social media work because i see when you're online right yeah so i, I know you're okay Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll post and you know yeah, but you'll never see photos if you look at my social media there's never photos of myself I don't take selfies mm. I mostly just post if I'm in a nice area Slate River Valley or yeah it's like your perspective you post what you see 
Yes. Yeah. I like and that. Uh, I love the reason why I love sunsets and sunrises. No two are the same. Okay. Do you like the one in New York City when it's just like, have you ever been there when New York City, when the sun goes up that once once in the year, when it goes, I don't know, 53, whatever? I, lo I love New York. And yeah, I've seen, they, they have some beautiful sunrises there too. Yeah, there's like once a year, the sunrise that goes up specifically, or is it, I think it goes down. I haven't been there for it, but I've heard it. Yeah. Where it goes down at a certain angle and it just goes right through the certain street number and it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Stunning, okay. stunning scenery there. Yeah. What do you like about New York City? I love the vibe. I love it. So, okay. But Toronto and New York City, so they're both busy, but what's different? What's you cannot, you, they don't even compare to each other. Okay. I never understood it until I went to New York. Okay. Because to me, if you go to Toronto, they're like, oh, you know, Toronto, Toronto. Mm. You go to New York, Toronto is nothing like New York. New York has this this vibe to it. The first time I was there was Christmas 2014. Okay. And I was staying downtown. Nice. And let me tell you, the best time you can go to New York is during Christmas. It's I, even better than the summer. It's better than the movies? It's just like the movies. It is just... <laughs> any, any movie you saw, Home Alone 2, anything that shows Christmas in New York, it's just like the movies. Nice. I the people, the friendliness, um, the stores, the buildings all dressed up, everything. Mm -hmm. Skating at Rockefeller Center, yeah. So it's got a great vibe. It, it's got a hum. When I don't know, how to, someone explained it to me, and I didn't understand. They mm. said there's an energy when you step on the street. Okay, I felt it in New York. Is that because nobody gives a whatever? You can just be yourself when you step on the street. Yeah, you can just be yourself. Yeah, the, there's millions of people walking around. Exactly. It's just like, aren't they are just like, who? What, what are you dressed in? Nobody gives anything. Yeah, you can just be. Is that what you mean, or is it something else? Uh, there's also like an energy when you're there. Okay. So when I was there during Christmas, there was all like the Salvation Army kettle mm. people. Well, I sometimes I do that here at LCBL. We just stand there and ask for money. These yeah. people like sing and dance and, and do all of that stuff. It was actually pretty great. They were dancing to like Michael Jackson and stuff. <laughs> and that's where they're getting, they were getting money just thrown at them. Yeah. Um, and you just walk and people are like happy and, and the stores are just like decked out. It was, mm. it's, it's, it's an experience. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I was just there in December. I loved it. Mm. Yeah, one of the I followed. I used to watch YouTube. Casey Neistat. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's um, a vlogger and he writes a booster board, like it's an electric skateboard. And he used to live in New York City, so I got some vibe from New York City, and it's like how he portrayed it. It's, it seems like it's in a very interesting city. Have you been? No, never. You have to go. Yeah, I know. I need to go to the U.S. sometime. It's actually cheap from Thunder Bay. I took Porter. Okay. I've I've been to New York for $225 return. That's not bad. With Porter. Wow. Cheap. How long does it take? Uh, two hours here to Toronto and then an hour and a half from Toronto to New York. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you don't have to stay in Toronto. You can just go And you just straight. go through and... Yeah, yeah so it's... Um, Yeah, I was when I was there. I just went there in December again for a week. Mm. Spent time with my family, had some meetings and stuff, but it was good. Yeah, okay. Put that on the bucket list. Put it on there. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> the one more time back to the archery. Is that hunting? Is that a thing you are interested in, or not at all? No, <laughs> uh, no I, I I don't hunt. I don't fish. I don't play sports. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably a really weird male in Thunder Bay. Do you make a lot of sausages? I don't even do that. No way. Eh? I never learned. 
my dad would do it. My mom would do it. I never took the time to learn. Mm. Um, I find the older generation does. My generation doesn't. Okay. Uh, they still, they do it. Sauce, you know, making the sausages or suprasata or making wine, yeah, tomato, so every season or something, yeah. tomato sauce. Then it's the grape season for wine. Then it's mm-hmm. uh, for the meat. Yeah. I never learned all that. Were you, because your parents didn't push it on you or? They didn't push it on me and I didn't, I didn't learn, but okay. they were doing it. I would come downstairs and they were, they were doing all that. That's nice. I mean, like in a way, from my perspective, my, I felt always very, I don't know, like my parents, I think they wanted to put me into certain, uh, like my mom, for example, if I was bad in school, she would tell me, you're going to end up being a potato peeler on a boat, <laughs> right? And you know, that's actually a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> but I and it pays well. Yeah, I didn't know about this. I was just thinking, oh shit, I'm going to be a potato peeler. But like... But she really like emphasized on certain things, and they tried to push that through. And then some, even the sports. Like my parents sent me to swimming, and I, I didn't. I, I'm thankful for it now. But I liked it where sometimes, like you said, your parents they just like yeah, they were doing it, but they gave you that freedom of a choice. They gave me a freedom of a choice because they didn't. You know, my parents were older, so they weren't they weren't like these young parents where they put the kids in soccer, football, every sport. I, I have friends that have four kids, and all four kids are in are in all these sports. Like, how do they do it? I don't know how they keep it straight. The mm. the girls are in ballet and this and this. The boys are in football, hockey, soccer. Yeah. I'm just like wow. So when I grew up, like my parents just they were old school Italian and they, they you know they didn't you know who was going to take me. So my brother tried putting me into swimming lessons. Mm. I failed. Um, oh. I hated it. They, they sent me fail. to a, they said <laughs> I failed, I failed swimming. <laughs> they sent me to a soccer camp. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Yeah. Um, so I never played any of those sports. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's weird. I, but all the other kids, yeah, they did it. Just mm-hmm. my parents were like that. And my parents never pushed that and they never pushed school either. Okay. I kind um, of, I, I have a huge respect for that. I, you know, if, in the fall, I, I had to give a speech at uh, Lakehead University. They gave me an honorary alumni membership. Very nice. And um, my mom was there. Mm. And so part of my speech was that I said to them, I says, my parents never pushed me to finish university. They weren't like other parents that said, you know, you have to do this or you have to do this. They were like, you do what you want to do. And I always respected that. And I, what I told the crowd was, what my parents didn't do by not pushing me, they gave me something else that I think is more valuable. And that was a hard work ethic Mm. and this character to care for people, which to me is more important than some parent that's got their thumb on you saying, you need to become a lawyer. You need to become a doctor. You need to be doing this to be successful. I find too many people do that. Mm. That's why there's a lot of unhappy kids getting into stuff that they don't like. Yeah. Because they, they do something where their soul is not into it. Totally. I have friends and careers that they only did it to satisfy their parents mm. and they're, they're not happy. Yeah. But my parents just, they weren't like that. So when I said that speech, I, I, I wanted to emphasize that and everyone really liked that. And my mom, you know, she said to me after she sort of understood what I was saying, but, mm. and I told her, I said, yeah, cause she always feels bad that she didn't push me. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So, mm. yeah. So that's, you know, but I, I just think that people should just, 
yeah, let their kids do whatever they want, like what they want to do in life. From my perspective, I agree 100%. And I've, I've gone through the other way, right? Where I was like, okay, you're going to learn this instrument now. You're going to do this. You're going to have to study that. And it, I always felt like, and then I didn't give it all. I didn't give it all. Like my, my heart wasn't into it. Yeah. And you can see that when someone doesn't have their heart into something. Yeah. Like when you read notes in German, you they sent me to class and you read the notes and there's letters with it. And I just didn't give anything. And I was just, my, my piano teacher, I think he almost killed me <laughs> because I was just like, every week I would come back and I would just do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like me at all. <sighs> so we talked about architecture. We did that. And um, I really want to talk more about the things you're giving back. You like that topic, eh? Yeah, <laughs> because I feel like we brushed on it and then we got carried away. We keep we keep getting off uh, off track on it. Yeah, and that's okay. It is. It's nice. That's what the show is about. Actually, this is probably this is the best podcast I've done. <laughs> I've done a few podcasts. Oh, you did, and you're really good. Okay, well, thanks. <laughs> I, I just pat myself on my shoulder. <laughs> Which. Ah, okay. Well, the the city recognized you as a good citizen. Yes, I came across that on Facebook. Now, um, how does that feel for you? Um, it feels good. That I guess I don't know. It feels good to be recognized for that, but that's not why I do the stuff that I do. Exactly. But how do you feel about it? Like when you. You get this letter and then you open it and it's like, oh, what is like, what is your first reaction? Is it like, oh, okay, I put it to the t- side. I got a, I have a not an open house, but I have the showing. Yeah, is that <laughs> how it is, or do you, or is it, or is it like, oh, oh wow, or you want to put it on the wall? And what? How is that? Is your house? You have a studio in your house where you have like, you have the stars, all the stuff. No, I. <laughs> I have everything in a box. It's pretty bad. I should put. I should pull it all out. I, like I said, I'm really, I'm shy when it comes to a lot of that stuff. So actually, mm-hmm. the the Good Citizen Award. So I was nominated by Dave Thomas. Nominated me. Okay. Um, just because he was like he saw all these other people again. He goes, you you know you do so much stuff. And I says, Dave, don't 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 nominate me. He goes, yeah, send sure. me send me all the stuff. I says, Dave, I'm not sending you nothing. <laughs> so he went and googled and did it himself and sent it in. And then the letter went to him. So I didn't even get the letter. Oh, and then that's he, hilarious. And then, so the letter went to him and then he said, uh, hey Vince, I got the letter. By the way, the award ceremony is on X date at X time. And I says, well, I'm going to Toronto mm. that day for a conference to speak. And he was like, what? You're not even going to go? And I said, no. I says, I, I got to go to this other thing. So anyways, he had the letter. And mm. so I don't have the letter. I don't have the award. And I never went to the award ceremony. <laughs> okay. How does it feel to have it? I, it's good. I mean, it's great that they that they recognize people for that. But like mm. I says, I, I don't really do it. I don't do it for that. So yeah. But it's nice because I think there's an element of whenever you do this stuff, um, there is an element of people see it and they get motivated or they get inspired to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So I always like that aspect of it. I love getting messages from people that say, "Hey, you know, you're the reason why I'm doing this for for whoever." So I think there's that aspect of it. But yeah, when I, 
So I never saw the letter. I didn't go to the thing. I, I don't even know um, about that one. Okay. <laughs> but whenever I get other stuff about awards and stuff, usually I put it to the side. I don't post it. Um, my assistant laughs because she always asks me for my permission if she can post something. Yeah, yeah. Because she knows I don't post anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like when Lakehead gave me that award in, in October, I didn't post it everywhere. Okay. They posted it. Yeah. I got tagged. That was fine. But I didn't post it myself because mm. I get really shy about that stuff. Very humble. I get, it's a part of being humble and also the shyness to it. Like I think it's, I, I get, it's really weird. If someone says something bad about me, I actually get really fired up, right? But okay. if someone says something good to me, I actually become like a little turtle mm. and get like, Oh, thank you. And I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, I love that impression. I, I just, I just don't know. Like sometimes it's funny. So, but if someone says something bad, I, I get fired up. So, um, yeah. so yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like there's, there's stuff that I've gotten that I've never even posted that I've received. Mm. Is there anything you, you feel like this was really good that you got it? Um, When I got like the Realtors Care Award, I was the first recipient in Canada Maybe. when they when they when they made the award. Um, I I liked the fact that a the award came with a five thousand dollar check, and I got to pick the the charity that I, that it went to. Uh, so I picked our kids count. Yes, because to them five thousand dollars is a lot of money. Okay, and they flew a crew in to film me for two days mm. in and around the community, and so I felt like the video got to highlight the charities that I'm involved with. Yeah. And it wasn't really about promoting me, but promoting the hospital, promoting our kids count, promoting camp quality. Yes. Um, people got a chance to see that part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think it helped for, to promote those charities. You feel comfortable in front of a camera? I hate being in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. Did you do ever some training with it? I've never done any training. I hate, so I hate public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually really, I, lo I love radio or podcasts or stuff like that. I actually enjoy that because you're talking and no one's there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, the thought of, you know, how many people are listening when you're on the radio live in the morning, that mm -hmm. doesn't scare me. But if I have to speak in front of people, like at Lakehead University, I was like, my, my blood was going through my veins. I was cold and yeah, scared nervous. before I had to go talk. I was nervous. Yeah. Why, why is that? Is that because it's like you always were like that, I guess? I always was like that, yeah. yeah. I should do training to do that kind of stuff, but. It's amazing that you just push yourself through it, though, and you do it. And I don't, I don't know. I have no, I haven't seen you in the speech, but I'm pretty. I don't know. Do you think it's visible if, if you are and you nervous? Yeah, I think it's visible. Okay, people don't tell you to your face, but okay, I think it's visible. I can feel it. Yeah, maybe, but it disappears then once you start, and then it's good. And then it wears off, yeah. yeah. I think the one the one I did in the fall, because I added an element of telling a funny story about Lakehead, mm. and everyone was laughing, that sort of That's calmed a, me down. Yes. Instead of everyone just looking at you like this, mm. right? All of a sudden, when you see a bunch of people laughing, you calm down. Yeah, that's the breaker. Yeah. So, and, and I always learned that. Always tell a funny story in the middle of your speech, because it just breaks the, mm. breaks the silence. Yeah. And then they don't laugh, and you just say, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you never know. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever think about stand-up comedy? Um, no. Oh, I, I have I have some good stand-up comedian friends. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, but you must have a lot of good stories, right? Oh yeah, I I think <laughs> if I didn't have that fear, I could totally be a stand-up comedian. I think so. I think I got a, a lot of funny stories about. 
my life, my parents, my friends. Yeah. I could fill an hour of, of stuff, but I just don't, I don't, I don't think I'd have it in me to do it. Mm. One of my really good friends is a comedian, Frank Spadone. And he's like me. He's got all these funny stories about his parents and growing up Italian and everything. And he's probably one of the best comedians in Canada easily. Oh, wow. And uh, I just, when I see him go up there, it's like, I don't know how he does it. Mm. I couldn't do it. Maybe he does it the same way you do when you interact with clients, right? It's like, maybe he got just used to it and he's just doing this as like his life. Yeah. He has a passion for it. So, yeah. I don't know how I've I've been thinking about it, but I don't know. I've I have that fear where it just doesn't like I get nervous in front of people when I have a like a presentation in high school. That's like the one of the, my biggest things in my life, and it's just like yeah, I always get very sweaty. That's me. Uh, my 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 voice. I can hear my voice tumbling over my voice. Yeah. <laughs> But then once it's done, it's like, I feel good and I like it. Like, I like talking to people. It's very, very interesting. Uh, I had a point there. I lost it. You watched the Raptors, sir? Uh, I, I watched the Raptors. I was watching them when they won the championship. I didn't catch the first game the other night. but yeah. uh, You were there in the stadium? No. Okay. I, I wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's I had actually bought uh, I had bought plane tickets to go, and then I, I didn't go. Mm. So okay, yeah. So you like basketball? I love basketball. I, I I'm, a, I'm you know I was born in 1980, so I'm a product of like the Chicago Bulls 1980s 1990s era. Yes. So that's I I, I fell in love with basketball because of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and the Bulls. Like yeah, that was my era. Yes, I can see that the Michael Jordan thing where it's very it identifies with your drive of work and dedication like what he did and what you do like the like when he's like inspiring you almost. I, I watched i just watched the last dance on on netflix okay. uh, which is the story of the chicago bulls and michael jordan and i watched what he did and i i look at that as like the same thing that i was going through in my life right so mm -hmm. Wasn't he really badass? Like he told his other teammates to just like grow up and get things done? He was hard on his teammates. Yeah. Because he wanted that same drive and he gave it to them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm of that similar character. Like I have this drive to want to do well. Yeah. Do well for myself, do well for my family, my friends. Because you get satisfaction out of success? I get satisfaction not out of the success, but the byproduct of the success. When pieces fall together and it's yeah. just this big puzzle and it just worked. And it just works. Yeah. I, f I call it magic. I don't know. It's when, when people from all around work together. In the hospitality business, example given, you serve a big dinner for 350 people, right? And little Joe can tell you this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you... You, there's different departments and they work together and then you just pull it off. You don't see it when you're in that ballroom that maybe this was just like, it almost didn't happen. Yeah. There's so many aspects to it. People don't, I, I analyze everything in my life like that. When I go to a big wedding and I see 400 people, I always think to myself, the production that went behind putting this together. Mm. Most people, they don't think about that stuff, but wherever I am, uh, to me, I always think about the production that goes on to fulfill something, whether it's a dinner for 400 people or it's a sporting event, there's all the, everything has to come together. Yes. And so I'm always thinking about that stuff and how can I relate that to my business? Mm-hmm. 
How do you do that? I take the hospitality business is probably the most important part because to me, there's so many aspects of that that apply to real estate, Yeah, taking care of the client and, and all of that stuff. So, you know, a client of mine was in town this weekend and um, last night they went out for dinner. And so I call, I knew what restaurant they were at. So I called and I picked up the bill for their dinner last night and I knew what restaurant they were going to tonight. So I called and picked up the bill for tonight <laughs> because I, I said to myself, here's two sellers that are flying in on August long weekend. The only weekend they can come here That's to cool. take care of, you know, stuff within a state. Wow. And, uh, they're doing themselves a favor, but they're also doing me a favor. Cause I was like, Oh, I was prepared to do all this work, um, to get the house ready and stuff. And they came in and did it. So mm. So to me, that's part of the hospitality business of taking care of people. Yeah. So they were so happy mm-hmm. that that's, I did that. That's the honor too, again. Yeah, the honor system. Yes, I like that. I think the world needs more like that. Yeah, I mean, the world, you know, I think if people if people started thinking about one other person in their life, the whole world would be a lot different. Mm. I hear you on that. Okay, we talked about what you drive, right? We talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking you pull up with your um, Audi, um, which, <laughs> right? But the, which one is it? Like the big one with the V10 and the V12? Yeah. Uh, I like that. No, I just like driving simple. That's it. You know, my dad, he, um, he, we, he used to drive a lot in Germany on the Autobahn. And um, he always bought the cars that look from the outside like a regular model. Yeah. And then even if there was like a bigger engine in it and it had the label on the back, he would just take that take off. Take it off. Yeah, he did. And then the rims were just always plain, uh, but he always had the power if he needed to. Yeah. And then I, I was like, I never really understood it, but I think I'm getting it now where it's just, it's okay. You don't need to know. Not everybody needs to know what's under the hood, right? Not everyone needs to know what you drive. Not everyone needs to know what where you live. Not everyone needs to know every vacation you're on, every nice mm. dinner. Not everyone needs to know that stuff. Yeah. So even, you know, it's funny, that photo on New Year's yeah. um, caught, you know, some people made comments to me like, oh, you don't look like you're, <laughs> you don't, like they knew I had these migraines. Oh, you don't look like you were really sick. I'm like... <laughs> Again, <laughs> social media, right? Like I'm dying there, mm-hmm. but nobody that, knows. But nobody knows. You look gangster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, you would want to go? Did you go to the pyramids? Did I go where? Sorry. Did you go to the pyramids in your lifetime? No, I, I haven't really traveled too much outside of like I went to Italy 20 times, but mm. I'm a creature of nature where I go back to the same stuff. I haven't really gone anywhere exotic. Um, like the pyramids or anything like that. Yeah. Um, the most exotic place I went to outside of Italy, it was like Ecuador. Ecuador. Nice. That's pretty good. And that was it. It was a volunteer trip to go build a school. Oh. It was one of those, uh, well, now they're in trouble in the media, but mm. we, charity. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was one of those trips. So I went to Ecuador. So yeah. I've been to Mexico. I've been, I, I saw the pyramids. There's pyramids in Mexico the, in, uh, yeah. in in the Mayan Riviera, right? So, That's right. Did you go on top of it? I climbed halfway up, yeah. Yeah, those and are very steep. They're very steep. It was like 45 degrees that day. I'm, yeah. like, I'm coming back down. They have that rope next to it to yeah. pull yourself up. 
People don't see it on the pictures. It just looks like normal. Oh, yeah. it's just stairs. They don't see the rope where you gotta like. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, so I've never I've never done any of those uh, exotic places. So yeah, Ecuador is probably the most exotic. I have friends that have been to like forty countries. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Did you? Are you interested into mountain climbing, like the Rockies? Challenging yourself to get on top of a mountain? No. Nothing, eh? Yeah. I climbed Mount McKay. <laughs> yes, that's good. And then almost couldn't get down because I almost couldn't figure out the path to get back down. I had to call Damien. <laughs> how did that phone call go? Uh, I was at the top and uh, it was the first time I, I couldn't figure out how to get down. I don't know why. Mm. Probably because I'd never been there in the spring when all the, everything grew mm. in. Is it on top of top? I was on the top top. Yeah, yeah. And there's two ways to go down or three ways. Okay. I couldn't find any of the paths. Mm. So... The sun was going down. They were going to close the gate. I was with a friend. I called Damien. It's like, you have him on speed dial? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. He told me how to get down. We got down. They kept the gate open so we could leave. Otherwise, I was going to have to leave my car there. Okay. I got Damien to call the yeah. the gate to not close it. Wow. Because I've been stuck on the other side of a gate for a friend's per- marriage proposal. And me and me and Damien had to run up the up well, up to the top. Mm. so okay i see yeah that's that's good and that's i can see now why you bring him cheese (laughs) (laughs) a friend of mine was getting a friend of mine was getting engaged and i i set up this proposal like at the top of the mountain with the helicopter so i said damien we got we got to go up there and you got to pretend like you're just uh asian photographer he's, he's not asian but you just flew him in yeah we flew him in and so we we, we get to mount mckay and the <laughs> gates closed oh no yeah the person who was supposed to be there at 10 o'clock i think drank too much the night before didn't make it to work wow i'm like damien what do we do he's like oh we're gonna walk i'm okay. like oh god yeah. So we we he knew the path. Think I never would have known. Did you have to jump the gate, or you can just go? We went around the gate, the bush, and Damien knew another path, and we mm-hmm. went really fast on the way up. I almost threw up on the way up. Uh, there's a photo of me like dying. We get to the top. We're there for a minute, planting out spots. All of a sudden, I see this helicopter leaving the airport, and I'm like, "This is 15 minutes early. What the hell?" I'm Uh-oh. like, "Oh, maybe it's going somewhere else." No, no, it was coming at us. So I jumped between a rock and Damien's like, where do I go? I'm like, just pretend like you're a tourist <laughs> taking photos. And so he, oh, caught, he, caught, he caught my friend's engagement. Nice. They got out of the helicopter. They did the thing. So then he wow. just pretended he was taking photos. And then yeah. when my friend got down on one knee, he took the, the candid photos. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. It must have been a German pilot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just really early. I, it was one of the funniest things that I just, yeah. Did they, did they talk about it later? I was like, who's this dude? She was like, I was hiding. I had my head up and then I, I ducked down and she didn't even think she just, cause he was there. He looked like a tourist taking photos. <laughs> and then when she got down and she was crying, it was a great moment. And yeah. then I jumped out. Okay. Um, and then I'm like, okay, can we take the helicopter down? With you guys, please. Uh, cause I've never run that fast before up mm. a mountain. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then he still came early too. And he still came. And I, all I kept thinking was like the gates closed. The pilot came early. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I have a good story on that. When, when I got married, we had an outside uh, ceremony just with close family. And my wife's mom, she was about 10 minutes late and 
we we had this all planned out. It was close by Boulevard Lake. There's a big white pine in the back, back trails. And uh, we wanted to walk together with families. So we make it there. And then the last thing, I was like, okay, Lisa, I'm going to carry you up there. And it's like this little mountain. And I carry her at Lisa up. And then I see Trish, I think is her name. And she's leaving. Yeah. And I'm just like, Trish, Trish. And then there's a note on the tree. But she turns around and said, where have you been? She's been waiting there an hour for us because <laughs> she thought our ceremony was at 11 or whatever time. And it was like one hour later. And she was just waiting there for us. I felt so bad. <laughs> and she was upset too. And then I like I just accepted. Like I said, okay, it's my fault. You know, maybe it's, it's not a misunderstanding. I'm sorry. Yeah. We, we, we fucked up. And then she's just like, okay. Okay, and then we did the ceremony, and like then everything was fine. Yeah, but just like if if I would have not been there in that minute, that would have been it. She would have left. Yeah, she was she was walking away. <laughs> so this is just like you getting up that mountain, and you just you just made it. Right? We just made it. It was unbelievable, and it was my idea with the candid photographer. Mm-hmm. And so if we didn't make it up there, great, because the proposal would have been awesome, but we wouldn't have had these candid photos. Yeah, you wouldn't have that. But my idea was for the helicopter to go in some field. Then the guy comes back. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going up to the top of Mount McKay. I was like, well, I was like, wow. Oh, okay. How much notice did you have from there? Like when he told you? A couple of days. Okay. And so I was like, Damien, yeah, we got to go. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fun. Yeah. Did you uh, go to that hot sauce event when Damien ate all that spicy food at uh, Sleeping Giant? No, I did not. Oh, we, that actually came up last night in conversation at our dinner. Okay. Yeah, I didn't go. Would Would you be interested in being on the stage eating some spicy food? Uh, I would. Yeah, I think it would be funny. Who coordinates that? I don't know. I think Sleeping Giant they put that in. But Damien will know. I'd be the guy. I love spicy food, but I'd totally be the guy sweating. Yeah, maybe they should make a spicy pizza food um, competition, oh, right? That'd be amazing. You'd be the winner. I, <laughs> <laughs> I brought a friend last week to Bar Italia, and we he was he loves spicy food. Mm. I ordered so much spice, he was he was sweating last week. Yeah, yeah. It's like I've been there. It's like even your heart rate goes up too, right? Yeah, if you get the if you get the fried jalapenos. Mm. definitely <laughs> definitely okay all right i i um i let damien know that you want to do that and you can take the pictures for you then yeah oh well if, if i look okay yeah no there will be pictures <laughs> <laughs> just bring those sunglasses but you know they did an interview right after they um they they actually did television was there yeah and they did a television interview with damien because he was terry for terry uh turnaround and then he was just like he could barely focus on speaking yeah because it's just his mind is just like not there <laughs> because it was so <laughs> spicy uh, and plus they would have to serve wine for you too for everybody right yeah wine would be good yeah or some prosecco prosecco would be more refreshing to go with those hot wings that's a that's a good one i like that yeah okay well I have absolutely huge respect of what you're doing vince i cannot stress that enough and if anybody yeah, like just look you up on instagram or on facebook right and even you're on twitter i was surprised and then yeah, that's where i get all my news from <laughs> i love yeah that's really good actually but nobody everybody doesn't like twitter anymore yeah it's weird how that works but i'm on twitter too so 
to put this all together one more time, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for talking about how your days are, how you deal with things and who you are and how you give back so much in your way and you support the community. That's absolutely amazing. As I think there's like everybody, if there would be a thousand people, they would have just applause right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. You too. Bye-bye.